Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. From the streets of Union City to your nighttime radio, Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey No. From 7 till 11, live, local, and live. Steve Travelis on your Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live, local, and live. Ah, what a way to start a Monday. The dulcet tones of Mike Rocket singing the theme song. Have we got a night for you? Steve Trevely's here till 11 o'clock at night in New Jersey 101.5. Uh, tomorrow is National Cuban Sandwich Day. And you're going to find out a way to get the best Cuban sandwich in New Jersey about 9 o'clock. Gary Busey's in the news. I'll tell you my experience with Gary Busey. Uh, what else? Go to nj1015.com, check out the blog about the Cuban sandwich, and uh, also, we want to pay tribute to a volunteer firefighter uh, who ran towards the fire in South Jersey, in Mansfield Township. He, uh, his best friend's house was burning, and the guy didn't know it. He was inside, he was trapped, and the fire started uh, at a home on Sheffield Drive in Mansfield Township about 6.30 last night. One neighbor and her son saw the fire from their sunroom. This is from Action News. He saw the flames shooting up and realized it was his best friend's home that was on fire, the neighbor said. Took only moments for the flames to take over the two-story home. I've seen the video. It's uh, It happens very fast. Neighbors say the fast-thinking volunteer fire who, firefighter who lives nearby prevented the situation from getting worse. He was able to come kick the door in, get the kid out because he was sleeping upstairs and glad he was able to do that for him, the neighbor said. Uh, we don't know who the firefighter is, but he's a hero. Uh, firefighters responded to the flames within minutes. By that time, the person inside was safe. However, the uh, two rabbits and snake that he held for pets, uh, they didn't make it. Uh, multiple fire agencies throughout Burlington County were called on to help. More than 50 firefighters assisted with extinguishing the flames. And the county marshal is leading the investigation and working to determine what caused the fire. Home is a total loss. But this man is a hero. This firefighter. And I bring this up not only to honor him. And again, I, I can't wait to get his name. We don't know. It's, it hasn't been released yet. But when it comes to firefighters, volunteer firefighters, they don't get enough attention. You know, what is the situation like in your town when it comes to volunteer firefighters? And also, why is there such a shortage of volunteer firefighters? Um Kyle and I, my producer, we were in Jersey Freeze uh, having lunch one day and uh, ran into a couple of people, listened to the show, uh, volunteer firefighters, and they were talking about how hard it is to find people who want to volunteer to fight fires. It's not an easy job, of course. They should uh, get more tax breaks. Whatever we could possibly do for these people, since we're not paying them, we should be able to do. 
But what is the situation like in your town? In some places, they try and emerge firehouses. Some firehouses may not be able to make it. Uh, in Roosevelt, they uh, voted out the firehouse, which is kind of odd because they were trying to decide whether or not to keep the firehouse. And there were people who put signs on their lawn saying, get rid of the firehouse. And I'm thinking, what happens if that house gets on fire? And the fire department goes, oh, nice sign. Uh, we'll be right back with the water. <laughs> you wait here. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but 1-800-283-101.5. I want to talk about volunteer firefighters this hour. And uh, we want, again, you know, we want to honor the firefighter who saved his best friend's life, uh, even though he lost his home, the best friend, in Mansfield Township, New Jersey. But what is the situation like in your town? Are you a volunteer firefighter? What would it take? to get more people to join up. Is there a shortage? Is there a problem? Because there, you go online and you see a lot of you know stories about how there's a need for volunteer firefighters. What What is the problem? Why is it so hard? Is it because of the scheduling? Is it because of uh, people just have so much more to do now than they've ever done before? Is there some kind of mitigating circumstance? 1-800-283-101.5. And have you ever been in a situation where you were helped by the volunteer fire department. These guys give of themselves for no money. My old man, my father, spent 30 years as a paid Union City fireman. My best friend, Rob Pisani, retired fire captain. You know, I know so many people in the fire department growing up, and they get paid and they have pensions. These guys do it for nothing. 1-800-283-101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. What is the situation with the volunteer firefighters in your town? Do you have enough? Should there be more? What could be done to attract more volunteer firefighters? And uh, give me a story of how a, fi- a volunteer firefighter affected your life, affected your family. You know, where did your house burn down? Were they there? Did they rescue you? Was there, a, was there a situation? Did they get your cat out of a tree? Whatever. 1-800-283-101.5. Ever since I had that lunch, I've been meaning to bring it up. Because, you know, the, the guy said, you know, his name was Bob. said, you ought to talk about this. You ought to talk about the need for volunteer firefighters in New Jersey. And why it's so hard to attract volunteer firefighters. So if you are a volunteer firefighter, call and give me your situation. Tell me what you think could be done. And... How is it working out being a volunteer firefighter in New Jersey? 1-800-283-101.5. To achieve top dollar for your home, you need an agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home and driving up the price. Call Rob Dukansky of REMAX First Advantage to get your home sold for thousands of dollars more than you ever imagined. Anthony and Jacqueline realized they can get a great return on their investment right now if they sold their Berkeley home, and they were right. Employing Rob's marketing tools got them great results. Within just five days on the market, they had 26 showings, Multiple offers selling the home for $426,000. That was $51,000 over the list price. Anthony and Jacqueline wanted to cash in on the market, and they certainly did. Robert Dukansky has superior marketing to sell your home. Call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Dukansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015. Or online at robsellsnj.com. That's robsellsnj.com. And you know what you do then? You start packing. (laughs) 
Crazy weather brought to you by Guaranteed Service. Whether it's a plumbing, electric, or AC repair, you'll always be in good hands with Guaranteed Service. For a limited time, tune up your AC for only $77. Guarantee no breakdowns for the entire summer season, or the repair is free. 1-800-GUARANTEED or visit GuaranteedService.com. All right, Steve Trevelace. Number to get through here is 1-800-283-101.5. Volunteer firefighter rushes into the home, saves his best friend's life. They lose the home. They lose their pets. They save the best friend. Uh, your situation as a volunteer firefighter, or what is the volunteer firefighting situation like in your town? Let's go to uh, Nick in Chatham on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Good evening. Good evening. Um, I, want th- I want to thank you for bringing some light to this. Uh, I'm, I'm a 47-year-old recent graduate of a fire academy here in um i actually went to the somerset county fire academy which is a great experience i didn't go to the morris town right uh, but i was you know I was, I was a volunteer emp and a paid paramedic in new york city before i moved out here four years ago right and i was looking to give back and do something um part of part of the shortage i think is you know and i'm saying my age because some people you know they're intimidated it's too, i'm too old i'm too this uh i, I think it was a wonderful experience uh, I got so much out of it. I see life differently, and there is a need. And, um, you know, most people don't realize that 70% of this country is volunteer fire, firefighters. I didn't realize until I went to 70%? The- yeah, it's anything over 25,000. Uh, I mean, this is, this is what the baseline is. It's 25,000 right. occupants and over is where they get paid departments. Um, so most of this country is a, is a volunteer service, and there is a need. As yeah. both a husband and wife have to work, as the cost of living has gone up. Uh, but what people don't realize is it's that volunteer firefighter that when, it's, when gas is $5 a gallon, uh, you're still going with your car to respond. The training you're not getting expenses either, right? <laughs> this is just you getting in your car running out there. It's just you. Training is on you, and um, you either love it or you don't, but there is a need for it, right? And the same thing with the EMS side. A lot of EMS agencies in these towns mm-hmm. also need volunteers. Um, and un- un- until you, you, you're in a predicament where you need the services, you take it for granted, especially coming from New York City where everything's paid in union. Um, you come out here and you say, okay, well, there's a need here, and if I could offer something to help out my, my community, I would. And what I, made you do it? Like what, I, what made you want to become a volunteer firefighter? Because I had so, such great experiences being an EM, uh, a paramedic in New York City, and mm-hmm. the bug is always in you. And I said, you know what? I could offer so much back, and there is a need, and I love it. Uh, I really, really love the experience, the training that goes into it. Um, and, and, and look, you feel good about, you know, you don't feel good about getting up at two thirty in the morning when the buzzer goes off, but, right. um, there's a certain person that does it and, and, and you feel good about doing it. Well, I'm glad you're doing it, Nick. Thanks so much. Thanks yeah. for your service. And, and I, I really think more people, more people should, should volunteer and, and do it, even though the age, don't worry about the age. It, it's, it's, it's really, um, you get, it's so rewarding. Yeah. I mean, you know, and besides, you're not that old. <laughs> Alton, New Jersey, 101.5. 47, not that old. So as long as you get somebody out there knows what they're doing, that's what you need. Uh, my father did it till he was into his 50s. Let's go to uh, Stephen in Lawrenceville on New Jersey, 101.5. Steve-O. 
Hey, man, it's a good show tonight. I, I know Nick. We worked together a couple of times. He's a volunteer. Oh, I cool. Used to, I used to be at Perry Street at the, the main place. I was a pro, you know. Okay, so now tell me, what are you thinking about this? Well, I think it's important to have the uh, the volunteer. Is very, there's less and less, believe me, in, in Trenton area. You know, you, right. There's less and less of the volunteers, but uh, that guy makes a good point. But, you know, you, you, sometimes you don't want them in your way either, you know what I mean? When they're trying to, when you when you go into a five alarm, whatever. Do you it is. guys work together? Like, do you have some kind of coordinated effort? Like, you're a paid firefighter, so if the volunteers are there, is there some kind of code? Like, okay, when do we acquiesce? When do we take charge? When do we work together? Yeah, you know, it's implicit. You know, only only when there's an overflow, because they wouldn't necessarily uh, dispatch you unless we'd already been there. You know, they're not necessarily first on the scene, right? Unless it's just below you, like if you're in Blondberg, Hopewell, that area. Right, a little more vulnerable, but uh, that guy's a good guy. He, he's drinking a little too much, and we get, I'm a little wary of him when he's making a call. Like he knows everything, but he's he's not a bad guy. I, I'm going to hang up and listen because my sister's here. Yeah, Steve, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I think he's a great guy for calling in and donating his service. Let's go to Jerry and Vernon on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Jerry. Hi, how you doing, Steve? Good. How about you? Okay, I've been a volunteer firefighter for 38 years in Sussex County. God bless you. I've been chief, every officer, line officer, driver. The problem is these times is it's people have to work two jobs, two, three jobs. My son's a volunteer firefighter. He's been doing it for 14 years. He's followed in my footsteps, both of my sons. Right. It's just a, it's time of the day. It's so hard to get volunteer firefighters or EMS or anything now because it's just because of the way the world is now. What kind of incentives could they offer to get well, more have, people to volunteer? Well, they have low SAP. Some departments have low SAP, which is they get a percent money percentage at the end of the year on calls. It's just a, mostly pride. You need pride to do it. You know, you, you need a lot of pride. I've, I've seen the worst of things, and I've seen the best of things. It's just pride, you know. You need to take pride in your community. Yeah, and also, like, how did you feel, you being a volunteer firefighter, seeing what you see as a firefighter, when your sons decided they wanted to become firefighters, too? Were you worried at any point, saying, maybe you may want to rethink this, or was it like, come on? No, I, I, I was behind him 100%. You know, and, and my son is moving up the ranks right now. And I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm very proud of him. And I, I support him 100%. Right, Jerry, thanks so much for calling the Jersey 101.5, and thank you and your sons for the service. Mark is in Roosevelt on New Jersey 101.5. What's happening, Mark? Hey, how are you, Steve? I'm good. How about you? I'm great. I heard that. I've, I've been volunteering as an EMT since 1976. Right. Um, unfortunately, the borough Roosevelt has decided to go paid because yeah. they, they think that that's a great thing to do and it is to a certain point but there are a lot of people who want to volunteer and help well what is it like how do you get more people to volunteer well i i think it's the fact that people have to understand that communities need to work together i've been doing this a long time i've seen it cycle around and around and around you get periods where you have volunteers where you don't have volunteers but there's not enough ambulances out there that are paid that can cover everything. Right. You, you know, need to fill in the gaps. But how hard right. is it to find people to do it? I mean, these people, you're asking people like you to do it for nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing is that a lot of people, a lot of areas, the towns support these volunteers, and they get more volunteers to come out. When the towns don't support them, mm-hmm. when the mayor and council don't support the volunteers, the volunteers end up shutting down. I can tell you that right now, I belong to two first aid squads. I belong to, to Roosevelt, and I belong to another one in Monmouth County. One supported great by their, their mayor and council, and the other one's not supported at all by their mayor and council. Yeah, so it's all about how much support you all get. the difference. All right, Mark, thanks for the call to New Jersey. 101.5 volunteer firefighter runs into the home of his best friend in Manfields Township. It is burning. He saves his life. He gets him out of there. And in the meantime, uh, I want to know what the volunteer firefighter situation is like in your town. How hard is it to get people to volunteer to be firefighters? Are there enough? What makes you do it? Pay tribute to volunteer firefighter. We don't know this guy's name. And how cool is that? Because that's the kind of humility we're talking about. You know, salute to the volunteer firefighters. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever been in uh, a situation where you needed a volunteer firefighter? How have they affected your lives? 730. So brought to you by Tuscany Italian Market. When it comes to authentic Italian specialties, look no further than Tuscany Italian Market. Serving Marlboro, Manalbin for over 25 years. Now open and free all. See the quality and authenticity for yourself at one of their locations or online at TuscanyCateringNJ.com. All right. Firefighter runs into a house to save his best friend. The house burns down. The snakes go. The rabbits go. But the friend survives. I want to hear your volunteer firefighter stories. Why is it so hard to get volunteer firefighters in New Jersey? And uh, we pay tribute this hour. We don't have the name of this volunteer firefighter, but we're going to pay tribute to all volunteer firefighters. So I want to talk about volunteer firefighting, uh, the good, the bad, and what we what can we do to make it better. Rob's in Trenton under Jersey 101.5. Robbo. Hello. What's up? Well, I have no problems with the volunteer firefighters, but please let them be properly trained. What happened? 40 years ago, my house caught fire. Rob, 40 years ago? You think they've gotten a little better at it since then? 40 years ago, Rob? Mm Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, back then, uh, our local uh, fire company, the uh, volunteers, right. had the reputation of being foundation savers. Foundation and savers? Kind of why. The, originally, the fire had started from a squirrel up in the attic chewing on the wiring. Right. We called the fire company. Yeah, and Rezo, our local fire company was responding from the, uh, from north of town. While a neighboring fire company was responding from south of town. Right. Both fire trucks collided with each other as they tried to come up our driveway at the same time. This was 40 years ago? Yes. Rob. So they had the idea, okay, send the next batch of trucks up the uh, neighbor's driveway. Right. All well and good, but they stopped at the edge of our garden because they were afraid of getting stuck in the mud. So they ran the hose out 150 yards up to the house. Guy goes to turn the hose on. No pressure. Had to wait to, until somebody else came close enough to send him back to the truck to tell him to turn the pump on. But, right. So they're working on the house. getting the fi- They finally managed to get the fire itself out. Right. Uh, still some, bil- some 
uh, boards up in the attic and the second floor that are still smoldering, uh, but but no open flame. Right. By this time, they finally managed to unlock the bumpers of the two trucks stuck on the highway so they could come up the driveway and park a truck directly next to the house. <laughs> they had a brand new Storkel truck they, that they brought in, parked uh-huh. next to the house, and Rob, decided they were going Rob, to Rob, Rob. It's yep. been 40 years, and you remember this like it was yesterday. Yes. I don't remember what happened yesterday. You remember 40 years ago. You've got a blow-by-blow description. I, I'm going I'm to take a guess here. How many times in the last 40 years have you told this story? Quite a few. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I think you got to finish it. So I'm serious. All right, listen, I, I, I want to hear your volunteer firefighter stories. Let's set a time on this. Let's say, like, I don't know, the last five years. If you have something that happened 40 years ago, which is what, 1980, what the hell year is this, 1982? We could, we could say that we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say things have gotten better since then. Jesse is in Grigstown. He will attest to that. Right, Jesse? How you doing, pal? Oh, good. How you doing, sir? All right. Would you say things have improved in the last 40 years in the volunteer fire industry? Yeah, if he's still listening, I think it's safe to say it's gotten a lot better. Thank God. It's gotten a lot longer. Well, you joined, so that made a difference. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't put myself that high. <laughs> I would. But, so tell uh, me. <laughs> so I've been with my company for the past 10 years. Um, right. We always run into staffing issues because people move away, people get different jobs. And then on top of that, with Somerset County, I know it's up to, I think, 240 hours that it takes to be firefighter one certified. And right. you're doing that for about six months, uh, seven to 10 at night, and then some weekends. So, I mean, it's, it's a big commitment, especially if you got family, like how, how can you take time away from your kids just to go do this? You did it. So, and, but that's a lot of, but wait a minute. So you're talking about, this is all out of your own pocket. No, 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 no. So our fire commissioners will pay for any training, right? Anything you want to take. So nothing's out of your own pocket. All you got to do is show up right. and do the training. And um, how long is the training? The training, 240 hours, takes probably right about four to six months, depending on how each academy works it. Some academies are a little bit shorter. Some academies are a little bit longer. But And you're not getting paid for the training. Oh, correct. And what a, God, it's a tribute. What a great guy you are. I mean, to be able to do that, 240 hours of training on your own time, which is your own time because your time is valuable. And then on top of that, you come in and you risk your life at a job that you're not going to get paid for. Yeah, but none of us look at it like that. I mean, one of the, it's kind of a sad thing to say, but firefighters, we go through the training. We want to see fire, but at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. If we're seeing fire, that means somebody's at, having their worst day of their life. Good way to look at it. Do you want to become a paid fireman one day? Uh, possibly. I mean, you never know where, where God will take you. What's your side job? Like, What, what do you do for actual real money? Uh, receiving supervisor at a, a tile warehouse. Yeah, and then on the side, you know, on the side when the bell rings, you're there. Yep. And, Yep. I mean, everybody gets a pager. When it goes off, you respond to the firehouse and then hop on the truck and go about and do your business. What's the biggest thing that could be done to attract more volunteer firefighters, in your opinion? Uh, advertisement. Um, advertisement? That's, 
yeah, trying to get people in the door. I mean, so I'm in a small town. The tough part is everybody that lives in the town and nearby, it's either they want to be a firefighter and they are, or they don't. And it's just, it's hard to get some guys in the door. Sometimes, I mean, since I've been on for the past 10 years, it goes in, in fluxes. So two, three years, you're, you're heavy staffed. And then another two, three years, you barely have anybody because again, I'm like, I was telling you that the training and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tough hurdle. And if you're going to do that, you really got to want it. Jesse, thank you. Thank you so much for calling and coming on New Jersey 101.5. Sherry, hang out. Your thoughts, volunteer firefighting in New Jersey. Volunteer firefighter ran into a burning building and saved his best friend. They lost the house. The house burned down. The pets, they lost. But the best friend is alive because of the work of a volunteer firefighter. Is it I know that if there's a shortage of volunteer firefighters in New Jersey, what could be done to get more people to join up? And uh, have you ever been, uh, you know, ever in a situation where you needed a volunteer firefighter? How did it turn out? And if you are a volunteer firefighter, call and tell us how you feel. Everybody loves summer, but it's so short. You really only have a few months before the warmest weather is gone. If you still have that nagging pain, you need to do something about it now so you can enjoy the rest of summer. Stop thinking it's just your age. You have to live with it. It's not. You don't. Thankfully, my friends at Trinity Rehab can help. Trinity Rehab will have you back to having fun with family and friends and back to doing what you need to do. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions, and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like the newest ones in Flemington, Toms River, and Woodcliffe Lake, so you know there's one near you. Get the most out of summer before it's gone. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. What an end- New Jersey weather brought to you by the All-American Auto Group, number one in New Jersey. They offer Ford, Subaru, Blue Advantage certified used vehicles, and Jadan tow trucks. Always an award-winning experience. Locations in Old Bridge, Point Pleasant, Brick, Hackensack, and Paramus. Visit allamericanautogroup.com. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis, volunteer firefighter, runs into the burning home of his best friend and saves his life. I want to know your volunteer firefighter stories. What can we do to get more people to volunteer to fight fires in New Jersey? Rob is in Beachwood on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Rob. Hey, Steve. How are you? So I've been a volunteer firefighter for 16 years, and I've seen the service transition greatly since I started. I actually started hanging out at the firehouse when I was a kid right. uh, with my best friend's dad. And the, the culture just changed. It's, it's the culture of America, the culture of the world. Nobody wants to do anything for free anymore. Um, it, it, it's hard. It really is. Uh, the way the economy has changed, the way people have really got away from that helping out your neighbor uh, attitude, and then everybody's got to have two jobs to make do, and it's hard to get out to the firehouse. Going with the gentleman said earlier, he really was talking about the training. Uh, so you joined the fire company. There's your word volunteer. You right. joined. Now you have to meet the requirements of the department, and those requirements are pretty heavy, and that's because of, the, like the first guy was telling his 40-year-old story, um, you know, yeah, things have changed since 40 years. You know, the, the fires, the fires changed, the buildings have changed and everything else. And, and there's a lot more education behind it. And if you really can't commit the time, people get kind of pushed away from it because they want to you know, have professionals, whether they're getting paid or not. Right. And uh, it really pushes people away at that point because of the time commitment. I, I think that's really what the key is. What keeps you there? 
Honestly, it's, it's uh, just something that's been in my blood for, for my since I was 12 years old. It's a calling, right? It's more calling yeah, than anything up. else. Yeah. I'm, I'm not just a volunteer firefighter. I'm a career fireman, too. Okay. That's what I do for a job. So I, I leave the firehouse during the day, and I answer fire calls at night. I'm also a volunteer EMT, and I do a bunch of other stuff, you know, but it's just what I've dedicated my life to. And some people, like, you know, that have regular jobs, they get home from work, and they just want to go to sleep and deal with, you know, hang out with their family. You know, not everybody's got that drop everything you're doing and run out the door to help a stranger. Yeah, and, to be that trained to do it. Yeah, you know, I, I thank you for your service. And, you know, you're only 34, and you've been doing it for this long, and you're this good at it. What could be done? to attract I, more people to want to volunteer. It's like, you know, when we talk drug prevention in schools in the sixth grade, you know, go go start early. Teach these kids it's okay to help other people. It's okay to talk, you know, and help a stranger. You know, everybody's afraid to help somebody else now. They're, you know, they see a person fall down on the ground, everybody walks around them instead of going, hey, are you okay? Yeah, they record them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They pull their cell phones out and they want to videotape it instead of actually going to try to help or calling 911. Something as simple as that. I think the culture of, of kids has changed. Everybody's attached to a computer. They're attached to this. They're not out meeting people, talking to strangers, and, and learning how to be a person in the community and seeing what the community is about. I think we have, we have in my, uh, my first aid squad a cadet program. We start kids mm -hmm. at 16 to try to keep the volunteerism going. And unfortunately, we get them sometimes till they're 18, 19, then they go away to college or they get a girlfriend, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and you don't see them anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of that culture. You really got to have that dedication to try to, Push it out, and then you know there's a lot of give back too. You know, you get free education. You become, you know, you can now get a job doing this. But you know, yeah. try not to forget where you came from. Um, and, and like my volunteer agencies, both of them, mm. we will pay for any training. Just like the guy said from Somerset, you know, you just got to do your part. We very minimal hours we require and stuff like that. It's just, it's a very very hard thing because you literally walk into people's worst days of their lives, and you got to bring that home to your family. You're not getting a paycheck for it. <laughs> No, we thank you for doing it, Rob. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Sherry's in Monroe. What's happening, kiddo? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. And, and tell Rob thank you. Yes. For his, you know, for helping. You just did. Yes. <laughs> You're so right. It's a calling. And um, the Edison firefighters, can I shout out for them? Yeah, go ahead. You just did. Even though I'm in Monroe now. <laughs> okay. Well, they'll hear you. But, With you that know, mouth, they'll hear you. Don't worry. <laughs> I know, and it always carries right, right. I think we got Robert Yackel, we got Doug Cusset, we got the poor... Oh, what are you reading, the role here with everybody? I'm <laughs> just, just telling you, all, all right. these guys... I got any commercials, you know. Right. They would volunteer their time and they would go and out of their own pocket and host pizza parties at the Lakeview Cerebral Palsy School, exemplary. All right, say their names again, that's and wonderful. Then, One more time. <laughs> Robert Yackel, Doug Cusset, Paul Weeks, Bobby Enet, that's the name of few... And then here we go. Um, on the flip side, I think agree to there. It's too much of a gimme generation right now, and an instant gratification. They want, they want, they want. Um, I remember waiting a week to watch another episode of a program, and now you can call it up on TV or your phone. Or they don't want to spend the effort. Hey, right, Cherry. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Good point. Steve Trevelis here. You know, when it comes to authentic Italian specialties, nobody does it better than Tuscany Italian Market in Marlboro, and Alpen, and now Free Home. Bring that same quality and authenticity to your next summer event or barbecue with Tuscany's catering services, Italian barbecue feasts, luau, or clam bake packages. Or order their Texan buffet menu with the most delicious barbecue meats and ribs. See for yourself at any of their three locations or online at TuscanyCatering.com. Remember, it's not Tuscany, it's imitation. Not New York. Yeah.
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking to you all night long till 11 o'clock at night. Steve Trouble Ace, you and me on New Jersey 101.5. And Kyle Forsini, my producer. It's you, me, and Kyle Forzini, my producer. And that's all I need is you, me, Kyle Forzini, and the Southside Johnny Music underneath me. We're leaving chat out. Chat and that's all. And chat. And that's all I need. You ever see the movie The Jerk? No. Oh, you have to see The Jerk. Anytime there's a movie, just bank on me having not seen it. Go see The Jerk. Steve Martin. It I know is, who that is. It is hysterical. It will hurt you. He's 77 years old now. I, I remember him. That. What do I remember him in? Pink Panther? He was in Pink Panther. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was You got to see Peter Sellers Wait, in Pink Panther. What is the other movie that I'm thinking of by him? Cheaper by the Dozen? He was in that. that I remember that he one. He was in Roxanne. Uh, but you got go see, you want to see funny Steve Martin movies. You go see The Jerk. You go see, um, oh, is it Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid was one that was good with him. Uh, I forget what the other one was. I interviewed him once. Really? When I was at PST. Back in like- It's got to uh, be a cool interview. I just listened. He just kept going. I just, <laughs> I, your job easy. Yeah. So, Steve, this is Steve. I'm also Steve. <laughs> and he just went off. And I'm like, God, I'm brilliant. <laughs> and he got everything he wanted to get in. Uh, but he was great. And I took his master class for comedy, uh, which was pretty cool, too. You ever nervous interviewing somebody like that? Nah. No? You know what you're there for. They know what they're there for. I love trying to come up with the questions. Because like, when I interview, unlike most interviewers... I actually listen to the guy. So a good interviewer will get like three or four questions out of the first answer. Mm -hmm. You don't really need to like, you got a guys, they'll prepare the interview. They'll have their questions and then they just fire away. Bang, bang, bang. The guy could be, the guy could be giving you like the greatest pearl of wisdom and you're like, okay, so, and you go to your next question. Whereas if you ask the first question and you listen to the guy, you go, or you can get, you know, a good three or four questions out of that answer. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, my God, he really, he's really into this. He's paying attention. And then they want to talk more. And you'd be surprised what you could get out of people, uh, stuff that they weren't intending to say in the interview that they actually would come out and well, say. That's what they taught us in college, too, that you got to have to listen because you got to have follow-ups for what they say to show that you're listening. And then you make it conversational more than just a question and an answer. Yeah. You converse with them. You interview, you've been interviewing people since the day you could talk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> talk to your mother, talk to your father. Right? You're interviewing all the time. And when you're in conversation, that's basically what an interview is. Yeah. Uh, did you interview the dealer that just, you ran into you, last night? You, <laughs> like, literally yes. took the word. So I was going to say, uh, you can't interview a deer, though. Uh, and I was going to segue that way. But, well, yes. Maybe you so, can. <laughs> so last night, I'm driving with my girlfriend. We're going to get ice cream. And uh -huh. we live in the middle of nowhere. It's only traffic on the road at that time of the day are deer. <laughs> And we're driving. Also going for ice cream. Yes. Right. And so I didn't see them at first, and she screamed that there were deer on the side of the road, and we were coming up on them pretty quickly. And so I had to slam on the brakes to make sure that I didn't Did they cross them. the road? They did. Uh -huh. So the one was almost, she saw the deer when it was coming out of the woods, and then it, I saw it once it got onto the other side of the road. Like it was uh, in the left lane, I'm in the right lane. Right. So I slam on the brakes to avoid it. Just stop in time. The deer just look in my car and then keep going across the road. <laughs> and laugh, smirk. Exactly. <laughs> and just act like nothing happens, right? Like, why are they running out in the road at that point? It makes no sense to me why they want to just lose their life running across the road. Um, but so my question. To annoy you. Essentially, right? That's just, why they want to do this. To, just, to annoy you. To just give me a heart attack. I come home from Seattle City down 539. 
And what they'll do on 539, they won't even, Atlantic City Expressway is the same way. They won't even acknowledge you. They'll be like right on the edge of the road, just going about their business, not even paying attention to you. And you drive right by. Yeah. I never worry about them. I, 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 I'm cautious. I'm ready to hit the brake if I ever see them. But they just, eh, you know, what's your problem? What do you want? <laughs> you know, yeah. Jersey deer. Right? <laughs> and they just keep going. But the, uh, you know, but the question, you know, if you, if you the deer runs in, if deer runs, you know, is there a point when the deer crosses the road? Do you try to avoid the deer, or do you? Expedia will tell you slam on you know, slam on the gas and just get the deer. Have the deer go over the car. That don't try to avoid the deer. Just go right into it. Uh, especially like when you're driving late at night, because you're swerving. You don't know where you're losing control of the car. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing too is, I, what, so you would probably swerve to avoid the deer. Yes, right? that's your natural instinct. Yes, but then again, what do you do if you're an oncoming? You got oncoming traffic in the other lane. Do you? Would you actually step on the gas? And um, uh, I'm taking you out, dude. Sorry, dear. <laughs> your day, your days have ended. <laughs> or would it be like I'm still going to try to avoid? You know, and by the same token, if a are you saying if a rabbit crossed the road? Would you try? You know, would you try to avoid the rabbit, or would you just step on the gas and let the uh, let, let the rabbit fall where he may? It's definitely different when it's a bigger animal versus a smaller animal, and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of the amount of damage that a deer would do, right? Because I was going to ask. Because you're a heartless soul. I, am I? <laughs> Poor that? little rabbit. Poor little bunny. Trying to cross now, the street. Kyle's in. Now, of course, I'm not. Wipe him out. I'm not going to hit a rabbit if I don't have to, right? Like if I see the rabbit last minute and there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do. It, it's it's different. What about a possum? Ugly ass possum crossing the road gives you that stupid look. What would you do? Would you floor the car or would you try to avoid no, the possum? I'm trying to avoid any animal at all costs. Any animal. I, I'm, what about a roach? There's a oh, roach in the road. I'm happily speeding up and going over that. Insects roach are dead. different. Insects dead. Okay. Yes, insects different. What about a bird? No, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't hit a bird. I would. I'm going to. Like I right, said right. turkey vulture. Trying to avoid. I mean, okay. uh, turkey vultures are so ugly, and I don't like them whatsoever but of course i'm going to try to avoid it but also for the audience you know have you ever hit a deer what kind of damage did it do because i was thinking the speed i'm going right. even if the deer's stationary that's going to really do some damage to my front end grill so have you ever hit a deer and what kind of damage has well, it done you to don't car? want it yeah i mean you know you versus the deer how'd it go you know joe versus the volcano you versus the deer how did it go typically but, the deer doesn't win yeah well no you'd be surprised you ever see that commercial where the deer goes off into the woods so it's high-fiving the other deer and they're <laughs> laughing at the poor slob that has his car totaled <laughs> happens one a lot of time because the idea that you hit the deer the deer goes off into the woods and you believe he's medically cured (laughs) no one goes into the woods to try to find the deer you know you just believe that well once you got in there's a hospital on the other side of that tree and he's (laughs) in there and they're performing deer surgery or whatever i want it under 283 101.5 when you get confronted by a deer have you ever you had a situation where you had to avoid the deer, or have you ever uh, said, you know what, screw this, I'm hitting the deer? Or have you ever been in a situation where you were forced to hit the deer? 1-800-283-101.5. And also, uh, any animal. What are the animals that you would run over? What are the animals that you wouldn't run over? That's a very difficult question, but it's also a truthful one. Right? You're driving down the road. 
Animal runs out. This one time I had a raccoon run out. I didn't even, you know, it was so fast that I got him. I didn't mean to get him. But uh, are you the type that tries to avoid the animals, or are you the type who uh, says, you know what? Yeah, this is not your day, kiddo. Uh, Coming up, uh, we got Cuban sandwiches at 910. From Latin Bites in Manalba, we may have found the best Cuban sandwich, and tomorrow's National Cuban Sandwich Day. Here's fast traffic. Weather brought to you by Veteran Care Services. Did you know that senior veterans and their spouses may qualify for a veteran pension plan that pay up to $2,200 a month for your medical care? See if you or a loved one qualifies. Call Veteran Care Services now at 1-888-E-Veterans. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. My producer, Kyle, had a chance to run over a deer. Didn't. The deer... Had a chance to run over Kyle. <laughs> Didn't. Uh, how did they work out when you came near the deer? Ava is in Rockaway on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Hi Ava. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Uh, I was just saying to the producer, I never hit a deer. The deer hit me. <laughs> the deer hit you? What happened? Yeah. Well, I didn't run over a deer. Um, the first time I was in my car and a deer just came right out from the grass area and hit me right in my door and the deer flew up and landed on my hood and oh, my man. uh mirror and the, my whatever it's called in the front right. and and then uh rolled under my hood oh man <laughs> and my daughter saw the whole thing my last one i was in the dark right. with a denali luckily and it, this large deer with horn with you know, whatever antlers came out and antlers and just, but you know, hit us. And the car swerved, the airbags went off, and this neighbor just came down because the deer like flew back and it was dying. That's how hard he hit me. Right. But I didn't ran, run into the deer. I didn't see them. The deer ran into, into you. <laughs> how about that? I'd be afraid to go on the road if I were you because the deer may find right. you again. I know. Why do I have to increase my insurance about them? Yeah, <laughs> really. You know what? We got to get the deer to talk to the lizard. That's the problem. Exactly. Really. Exactly. And for you, we got to get Santa Claus to drive you around because it ain't exactly. working out with the deers. Ava, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Lizzie's in Maine on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um... I just wanted to say that I never hit a deer myself, Right. but uh, I went to the University of Maine, and we always had um, the campus police would tell us at the start of every single year that if you see a deer in the road, to not swerve to avoid hitting it, because you're more likely to hit a tree, and the insurance company is not going to believe you, like, oh, you're avoiding a deer. They're going to say, like, no, you're just recklessly driving. But they say that if you see a moose in the road... right. You're going to get better chances hitting the tree. Because if you hit a deer, you're just going to hit it. The body's going to roll up off your hood. If you hit a moose, you're going to take out its legs, and its body's going to smash through your windshield, and you're going to be a goner. Oh, smart move. There's been, there's been a few times where I was driving down the highway on my way to work, and I passed by. Right. The, the, there would just be moose on the side of the highway. It was the most bizarre thing. And every time I pass them, I always think about that. Like, how about that? Well, they just walk slow, right? They just kind of saunter along. Uh, when they 
when they gallop, they go real fast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, how about that? What about squirrel, right? There's moose and squirrel, right? There's Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> the squirrels I'm not really that worried about. Yeah, don't worry. But the moose, how about that? So mm-hmm. so it's okay, don't hit the moose, but you can hit the deer. The insurance company's yeah. okay with that. They say the insurance company is going to say, oh, it definitely hit a deer. That was an accident. We'll cover you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you hit the moose, you're probably not going to be around to collect anything. You won't get the coverage. Instead, they'll just be paying for your funeral. Lizzie, good stuff. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Gordon is in Freehold on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Gordon. Hi, how are you? Good, you? I'm good as long as I get home without hitting another deer. Another deer? Well, I since I've been working for New Jersey Transit, right. just going back and forth to work, I've hit 21 deer. 21 deer? Did the did deer have a picture of you on their trees in the forest or what? I'm like a deer magnet. You are. I've hit four. I've hit four or five other ones besides that, but just going back to four to work, I've got twenty-one. Now, do you try to avoid him, or do you just put pedal to the metal? No, I'll, I'll try to avoid him if I can. But, I, but most of the time, I've, I've taken out headlights. I've taken out mirrors. I've got dents in the sides of the doors. I've taken out the front grill. You may want to consider uh, Uber. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You may want to consider. I hit them in my own. I hit two of them in my own driveway because my driveway is a thousand feet long. And you're in Freehold. I know. I'm. I'm right next to you. I don't see that many deer, or maybe I do. How about that? Yeah. Well, I, I'm on. I'm out on the Smithburg end of five thirty-seven. That's. Oh, I know that place. That uh, was established there. in like sixteen twelve or something like that, right? The Smith. Yeah, and yeah. I've got. But I've got. I used to have Christmas trees along the side of the driveway that I raised. Uh-huh. And they would nest in the trees, and at 3 o'clock in the morning on the way to work, they would get spooked and run into the side of the car. Oh, God. God almighty. Gordon, that's good. Mary Beth is in Hamilton. Hi, Mary Beth. Hi, how are you? I'm good. You? Good. Tell me about your just story. Calling to, yeah, I'm just calling to tell my dear story. But um, we uh, were driving down to um, West Virginia for my brother's uh, graduation. This is a number of years ago. And uh, my oldest brother was driving. And the, the roads down there, the southbound and northbound lanes, there's a lot of wooded area in between. And he actually saw the deer coming out, and we had one of those 71 station wagons, so it was a, a boat of a, a car. And the um, he figured if he sped up, it would t- hit the tail end of the car and we'd spin, or if he slowed down, it would hit the front end. So he just gripped the wheel and, and stayed on the gas. And it hit right in the center of the car, and I rem- I was sitting behind the driver. Wow behind my brother and it hit that little two to three inch strip between the passenger uh, rear passenger window and the i'm sorry the driver window and the rear driver window uh-huh. it hit that little two to three inch strip a piece of its nose actually was stuck on there afterwards and then its tail ends hit the side view mirror and smashed the side view mirror Oh, and it man. flipped over on the hood. Uh, yeah, it flipped on the hood and hit the, you know, and, and went off the road. But I turned and looked, and it was, it was right. I thought it was coming through my window. <laughs> oh, my God. That must have been scary yeah. as hell. 
It, it was, and then my mother was in the back seat with me, and she she dug her nails so hard into my arm when it hit that it, it made me bleed. <laughs> Next time we're taking the deer, we're giving the points. Mary Beth, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, do you uh, do you slow down to uh, avoid the deer, or do you step on the gas and just run his ass over? <laughs> Well, I drive a Honda Accord, so I'm slowing down. Slowing down, I'm going to lose that fight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Negotiate the deer. <laughs> yeah. It's 8.30. Now the lead is- We're also brought to you by Bellare for a limited time. Bellare is offering a 10% discount on nearly every type of home remodeling project they offer, including their expert handyman services. Call 908-725-8401 or visit BellareNJ.com for details. Some conditions apply. Steve Trevelis, Kyle Forcini hanging out. All right. Have you, uh, you ever had uh, you, you ever had your car stolen? Right? No. I did. Twice. Really? Yeah. I had my car stolen twice. Once in Prospect Park in uh, Brooklyn. had an Opal GT mini vet that I loaned to a friend of mine because he needed it to go to a job interview. And I just had the feeling I was never going to see this car again. Sure enough. And the other was... Uh, a Nissan truck in, um, what was it, down at uh, Deptford. It was in a parking lot of a restaurant. And uh, I'm in the party. Everything is going good. I go out for my truck. I can't find it. I must be in the wrong parking lot. <laughs> I'm walking around, yeah. walking around. I lost the truck. Uh, but I bring this up because a Homedale, New Jersey homeowner confronted a would-be vehicle thief. Imagine this. Right. Uh, according to police, suspects fled the scene in a Dodge Durango uh, with tinted windows at a high rate of speed after one of the suspects made their way into the kitchen portion of the residence where they were confronted by the homeowner. According to a Facebook post by authorities, the unknown suspects entered the home through a garage door Sunday afternoon at 1.15. They did not reveal how many suspects were involved. I'm glad they just decided to leave when they got seen. And uh, have you ever, is, I mean, we got, we got some time, right? Have you ever had a situation where you either witnessed a crime or, uh, you know, caught someone in the act? Or uh, have you ever had uh, anything stolen from you? 1-800-283-101.5. So I don't know how I forgot about this when you mentioned the car stealing or just anything stolen in general. One of my good friends last week had his, not his car, his mom's car got stolen from their garage. That's ballsy. So now they weren't home, and right. they got the guy on video on a garage. They have a camera in their garage, and there's a video that he sent in our group chat that I've watched with the guy going into the garage, and he said his dad's car was unlocked with his mom's keys inside, so he went into the car, got the keys for the, his mom's car, and it was stolen that way. They then somehow found the car in Delaware. Wow. It was reported that that's where the car was. But, yeah, there's a whole video of it and everything of the guy walking into their garage. She opens the garage door somehow. Did they catch him? Uh, let me, I, I mean, know the they guy's got, got the video. You figure they got to catch him, So we right? said the Delaware State Police got the car, but they didn't, he doesn't say anything about them getting the guy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever had your car stolen? I'm telling you, my car... I would leave milk and cookies on the front seat. They won't steal my car. <laughs> I have no problem at all. 1-800-283-101.5. Jimmy's on the parkway. What's happening, Jimmy? Oh, I come back. I move fast. Wrong number. Jimmy. Oh, you got the wrong number, Jimmy? Look at this. 
He thinks he's got the wrong number. <laughs> All right. But I mean, like, you know, that's the secret. Just drive a piece of crap that nobody would steal if their lives depended on it. Or, you know what else is a good thing to do? You leave all your mechanic bills in the visor. <laughs> Right? Leave all your bills for your car in the visor so that this way when the genius breaks in and he sees what you're spending to keep this friggin' car. You don't want it anymore. He'll leave your sympathy card. <laughs> 1-800-283-101.5. Well, a lot of times, right, if they're getting stolen, those cars are getting put into a chop shop or whatever overseas to get there for parts, right? I doubt that that person actually wants your car specifically. Well, it depends. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they want. They know what they want. They want what they want. You just happen to have what they want. Have you ever had your car stolen? 1-800-283-101.5. Or, you know, give me, have you ever witnessed a crime? You know, the first thing that's got to happen is that, you know, you gotta, you're thinking about, first of all, you can't believe that you're witnessing a crime. And then when you actually figure out that you are witnessing the crime, there he is, Mr. Met, that you are witnessing the crime. Latin, but look at you. Look at you. Ah, uh, man, man who's witnessed the crime over here. What's happening, Roy? Get on mic here. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. He's bringing in the Cubano sandwiches. Tomorrow's I... National Cuban Sandwich Day. For National Cuban. So I got a story. You got a story. <laughs> I took the sandwich out. I put it on the side. Right. I get on the phone. I'm talking. I'm walking. Don't getting my card i'm driving i send you the message hey you got a panini machine he goes no i said okay i'll figure out maybe i'll stop at a pizzeria and you know or borrow the panini machine and maybe they'll <laughs> let me just borrow it and i realized like oh i left the sandwich behind get down <laughs> you left the sandwich behind i left the sandwich at the counter oh my i God. can't believe it uh, i'm like so the sandwich is at the pizza the sandwich is no, at the, the pizzeria. pizzeria. I left it behind uh, at the truck oh. counter. So I, I, I took it out of the, the refrigerator. Right. Because they're the cold. Right. And I put it down. My daughter calls me. I'm talking to her. And I'm moving around stuff. And before I know, I got in the car and I'm driving. And I'm thinking <laughs> the sandwich is next to it. So you didn't bring any fruit? You didn't bring any fruit? Get the hell out of here. Go <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm going to make it up to you tomorrow. What time are you getting oh, here? Oh, he's making it up to tomorrow. What, ta- what time are you getting here? We fasted all day, the two of us. We're starving. We haven't eaten all day. We've, <laughs> we've been looking at each other like the Bugs Bunny cartoon with the hot dog and the hamburger. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Don't worry. Roy's going to come in. He's making us Cubanos. What, what time you guys get in? Oh, stop. Uh, what, tomorrow? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Yeah. I'll have somebody here with it. Well, listen, as long as you're here now, yeah. then we don't have to wait till 9, 10. Yeah. Come on. All right. Tomorrow is National Cuban Sandwich Day. Cuban Sandwich Day. Crazy. Right. We're going we're gonna to talk about this in just a minute, though, because I got I got to do this topic now. Have you ever had your car stolen? Have you ever had your car stolen? How, the car stolen? Have, have you ever had your car stolen? Uh, yes. One, I had one car stolen. Really? Yeah. What happened? Many years ago. Um, they found it. That you hate that, don't you? I was happy. It was, I, I liked the car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did it come back the way it left? Because a lot of times when they yeah, find the no, car, it, it comes yeah, back a piece of crap. Joy ride, a couple of scratches here and there. You know, the door lock was broken and the thing was broken. But um, we went to a club in the city. We come out. No car. <laughs> oh, we're coming out of a club of all yeah, places. It was late and we were right. feeling really nice. So uh-huh. we didn't care. Not that anymore. <laughs> that sobered you up instantly. <laughs> Right. They found it, so it was in New York City, and I reported like two what days was later. It? They found it in Alphabet City. What so kind of car? 
A BMW. A BMW. BMW five twenty five. See, you got to drive a piece of crap like I do. Nobody wants the car. And back then, you know, I was young and showing off. You see, <laughs> now you know better. All right, Kenny, John, don't go anywhere. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Have you ever had a car stolen? In New Jersey. Dominski and Taking an endless summer. New Jersey 101.5 is giving you a free getaway to the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. for our secret code word. Enter it on the New Jersey 101.5 app to win. There's three winners every weekday thanks to our sponsor, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, where legendary entertainment lives. Make it an endless summer with a free AC getaway from New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelisse. All right, we got Rodolfo Venuela from Latin Bites here in Manalpin. Tomorrow is Cuban Sandwich Day. Uh, but today we're talking about where you got your car stolen because imagine, like, people come in your house trying to steal your car, and you catch them. Kenny's on a turnpike on New Jersey 101.5. Well, they got away. He just caught him in the act. What's up, Kenny? Hey, Steve. How's it going, man? Good. How about you? Hey, not too bad. This is about 35 years ago. I didn't have a lot of money. I had a $350 Ford Granada. Somebody want to steal a Ford Granada? Oh, it gets better. You should have let him have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? I'll well, teach him. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? Well, like I said, it was a $300 car. Back then, I'd buy right. $300 cars. They'd break, and i just go out and buy more cheap wheels. Okay. But, uh... One morning I get up to go to work, and I didn't live in a real bad neighborhood. There was funeral home. It wasn't. It was a pretty decent neighborhood. <laughs> funeral I, home kind of means good neighborhood. All right. So where did where uh, what neighborhood did you live in? Where were you living? I was up the Highlands. This is like a, a good ritzy kind of area up in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. It, it, yeah, and I get up to go to work. I was a mechanic at that time. I get up to go to work. I get in my car. The door was unlocked. I never locked the door anyways. I get in. I go to stick my key in, and where you put the key in, it was all smashed like somebody took a hammer and just started beating away at it to expose the switch right. so they could take the screwdriver. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, how the hell am I going to get to work? My, my, you know, the column on my car's all smashed up. Right. And as I looked, when they broke the cylinder off that had the key that went into the switch to start the car, all I did was take a piece of needle nose pliers, took that little piece out, started the car with the screwdriver, and went to work. These people that were trying to steal my car were so stupid that all they were they were they were almost there. Kenny, I gotta tell you, not for nothing. The stupidity started when they wanted to steal a Ford Granada. John is in Point Pleasant on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hi, John. Hey, what's up, Steve? How you doing? Uh, I got a quick story about it. I grew up on Staten Island, uh, uh -huh. like about 15 years old. My parents uh, finally got a brand-new car. Their first brand-new car was a uh, Oldsmobile 88. Uh -huh. And uh, anyway, they went out to dinner one night. We grew up They grew up in, uh, in Great we grew up in Great Kills in, in Staten Island. They went out to the North Shore out to dinner one night on Forest right. Avenue. Right. And the car gets stolen when they're in the restaurant. They come out, the police go, do a report. About a week later, they call my, my parents up. My mother drives my, my father down in my neighbor's car to get the car at the police station. They get it home. Next day, I go outside, and, them, and my father goes to the, into the trunk of the car while going to baseball practice. I go to throw my baseball stuff in the back of the trunk, right. and there's guns in the back of the trunk of the car. Get out! Yeah. Yeah, there was, like, handguns and, and like, rifles. What did he do? Holy my father, my father told my mother. My mother was horrified. They called the police, and the police came down and got them, and they, well, they, they screwed up. They never searched the car. Oh, man. That's wild. Yeah. 
That is. I was excited. Wild. Yeah, that was exciting. That's, that's like that's like movie stuff. Steve's in Edison on New Jersey 101.5. Steve-O. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good, you? Good. Very good, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, had a car stolen. It was at the Metuchen train station. Right. I uh, stayed overnight in the city. Right. Uh, come back home, no car. Uh, funny part is how it ended. I, I guess my understanding is they wait 30 days before the insurance waits before it is. And on the 28th day, I get a call from, I forget what town, police department. They right. said, oh, we have your car. Uh, just bring a screwdriver and a can of gas. Uh, apparently it ran out of gas and they stuck it in some guy's driveway and the guy in the morning, uh, couldn't get his car out because there was a car sitting in his driveway. And he got, and somehow they fit, they traced it back to you. You got lucky. That's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. How about that? All right, Steve, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. I think, uh, God, it's been so long. I don't know. What, what, what the hell happened? Where has he been? Anthony, <laughs> what happened? What's up, my friend? I, I listen every night. I still listen to you every night. I, I may not call because sometimes you don't need my wisdom. I live for your wisdom. I never took the song out. I keep it here as a vigil one day, Anthony. That's right. You, you should do that. All right. Well, well tell me your I, story. Luckily, I've never had a car stolen, but this is this is real funny. Okay. When um when we moved to Jersey back in '84, uh, we moved to um, South Jersey, Voorhees. Right. We lived in a, a development called Sturbridge Lakes, beautiful. Right. And a friend of mine came over, and um, I'm you know showing around the different developments and stuff, and where my friends lived. And a friend of mine lived in a uh, development called Luvium, and he had a blue Camaro. This was back in '84. Four. You know, Camaro's were the thing back then. Right. Took my buddy home to Philly. He comes back the next day, picks me up in the blue Camaro. I say, yo, this is nice, man. You uh-huh. know, I didn't know you had this. So we go to the Echelon Mall, right? And he parks way out, like way from the cars. I didn't understand it. So we get out, he leaves the car running. I said, yo, Jimmy, why are you, why are you leaving the car running? He said, yeah. Remember, you drove me past your buddy's house and had the blue Camaro out there? This is it. <laughs> I said, you done stole my classmate's car? And he couldn't turn it off because yeah. he broke the steering column. Uh-huh. Yeah. I said, man, you got to take me home, man, because my mind is going to break my neck. <laughs> we get caught. So, so what happened? <laughs> He took me the hell home. There you go. There you he go. He kept the car, though. He kept the car, rode around with it in the city for a while. And it, 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 like, this is back in 84. It was right. like... Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. That was the Me Too car, the Camaro. Hey, I got a Camaro. Yeah, Me Too. <laughs> was yeah, that was me back too then. Car. It was huge. It was a, it was a Camaro. It was a, um, oh, had a name to it. The Beretta, I-Rock. No, not a Beretta. The I-Rock. The I-Rock, I-Rock and the Berlinetta. Definitely had an I-Rock Z. The Z- Berlinetta. Yeah. Yes. yes. It was blue. Hey, and um, I got it the commercial. Keep in touch. Absolutely. All right, pal. Weekday mornings. Share your... That's all right. Steve Trevelis getting it through tonight. Oh, by the way, speaking of John Lennon, I saw the most incredible Beatles show at the Hard Rock on uh, Friday night. It's called Let It Be. 
and uh, it's amazing. We'll talk about it later in the week. But just the idea, imagine the Beatles get back together for John Lennon's 40th birthday on October 9th, 1980. And this, uh, these guys, they're in rain. They're uh, the tightest Beatle band they've ever seen. They sound amazing. They look amazing. They go through the different eras of the Beatles, and they sound just like them. And then uh, the second part of the show is, uh, a lot of out of attempts to get the Beatles back together. What if they actually did it for John Lennon's birthday, and they come out looking exactly like they did in 1980? You know, John just before he died, Paul, uh, George, Ringo, the way they looked in 1980, and when they come out, they're talking about playing. You know, we were we were working on a lot of songs when we broke up, and uh, let's try and do them all together now. And not only did they do some of the old Beatles songs, but they do, like the four of them do My Sweet Lord, Live and Let Die, uh, Don't Come Easy, Watching the Wheels. I'm t- I cried. I- I'm watching the thing. That's embarrassing. But then I'm looking around, and I'm feeling weird. They're well, well, grown man crying at a Beatles show. And you see all these other guys crying. So like, well, I don't feel so bad now. But anyway, if you get the chance, go to see it. But if you go to see it tomorrow, you have to do it with a Cuban sandwich. Because tomorrow, Tuesday, is National Cuban Sandwich Day. And if I'm going to talk about a Cuban sandwich, i got to bring in the man who makes the best Cuban sandwich in New Jersey. Of course, I will never know that because I do not have the best Cuban sandwich in New Jersey in front of me. Rodolfo Valenueva is here. What's happening, Roy? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm hungry. I'm doing good. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you. I know. I know. So, man, you know what? We When you came in with the empanadas. Yes. And we wrote the story on the empanadas. 165,000 people read that was story. Cra- when I left here that night, uh-huh. my phone blew up. The next day, every truck was busy. The restaurant, there was a line to get into the restaurant. Really? For days. How about people that? People came in. It was crazy. It was really fun. You make a great empanada. It, they loved it. They loved and, it. and you make a great Cuban. Now, now, the Cubano, give us yes. the... I grew up in Union City. That's right. So I know the Cubano. You know the Cubano. You know. yep. Now, tell me, like, give, give me the history of the Cubano. All right, so, well, it, it's funny because the the Cuban sandwich right. was born in Tampa, Florida. It's not even Cuban. Oh, really? <laughs> really? So, uh, you know, back then when the Cubans immigrated to Florida to work in the tobacco fields, in, in, in the sugarcane fields, they landed in Tampa, and uh, that's where the Cuban sandwich was first made. Right. Uh, it's basically a roasted pork uh, with ham, uh, Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard. Uh, toasted. Right. Uh, that's that's a traditional uh, Cuban sandwich. Uh, ours, which uh, I name uh, the Big Poppy. The Big Poppy. The Big Poppy. Because, <laughs> you a Mets fan? Naming it the Big Poppy. <laughs> yes. What's this about? <laughs> well, because it's big. <laughs> we make the biggest Cuban sandwich. Yeah, you don't do the press it together thing. No, yeah. no, no. You got a stuffed sandwich now. Yeah, but it's press. It's, it's nice and, and toasted. Mm-hmm. It's fourteen inches big. Long, so it's that is half a pound of roasted pork. Wow, half a pound. Uh, uh, half uh, a Swiss pa- cheese, uh-huh. um, uh, serrano ham, uh-huh. uh, pickles, a little bit of mustard, toasted. Nice. It's a meal. Nice. If you're hungry, you eat that and you go to sleep. Ah, yeah, really. really. <laughs> a half a pound of roasted pork. Yeah. Usually they're really, really thin. They don't put a lot in the Cuban sandwich, like a slice of this they and slice. a slice Most of that. Most people yeah. slice it, and they could put a couple of but slices of, of pork. you stuff it. I roast it for 12 hours. I marinate it for 12 hours, uh-huh. and then put it in the oven for 12 hours overnight, slow. 
slow cooking. Uh, and then we put in, uh, we, we shred it mm-hmm. and uh, we do half a pound. So it's 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 a meal. It's, How it's about big. that? It's and this is Latin bites and manalapin. Man, Latin bites, manalapin, and the food trucks. And so. the food truck. Now, where are the food trucks? They're all over the place. They're all over. So uh, we keep one in Hazlitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep one in Roselle Park, uh, Lakewood. Um, we are bringing one to uh, Philadelphia uh, next month. Right. And Woodbridge, New Jersey. Nice. Right now. Nice. And then uh, number six coming out next year. And that one should go to North Jersey. Now, how well how well is the Latin Bites received in Manalpin? I tell you, they're uh, amazing. The, the people people are, are loving the food, yeah. uh, the empanadas, the Cuban sandwich is our signature. Um, you know, we're right now doing about five hundred Cuban sandwiches a week. About five hundred. Nice. Uh, it's constantly every day, all day long. Well, when you put a half a pound of pork in it, that's going to happen, yeah. right? Oh yeah, that is amazing. Oh, yeah. no, and everybody yeah. loves it. The women love Big Poppy. Uh, the women, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Now you told me earlier you had your car stolen. Tell me the story. Oh, how so they you stole were talking your about car. stolen cars. Yes. yes. So um, I don't know. I'm maybe twenty years old. Right. And I'm hanging out with my buddies, and we we're going into the city. And we're partying, and, uh, you know, I pick my, my friends up. We get to the city in my car, and uh, we come out of the club, and we can't find a car anywhere. Oh, my God. So, you know, it's New York City on a Friday, Saturday night, whatever it was, and, uh, you know, try to find out if it was a towed, was it stolen. Mm-hmm. So we we didn't really care. We found some girls that were going to an after hour. So it says, if you give us a ride, we'll go with you. <laughs> They gave us a ride, and uh, it was easier to find a car during the day the next day then. And you found it? Uh, They called me two days later. Uh, Two days later, they found a car in Alphabet City. uh, So I guess they took it for a joyride. Yeah, Yeah. you're lucky they took it for a joyride and didn't, like, cut it up or anything. It, uh, yeah, no, I love that car, so I, right. I'm happy I found it. it there you go. It's my favorite one. So. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. We got uh, Roy, Uncle Roy, Roy Villanueva here, the Cuban sandwich. If you're a Cuban sandwich fan, give me a call. Tell me what you love about the Cuban sandwich. Uh, see, like, you got the food trucks. You're in Latin Bites, you're in Manalpin, you're all over Central Jersey. A lot of, a lot of Cubano places come from North Jersey down yes. here. What sets you apart? Well, the the fact that it's traditional, mm-hmm. because nowadays you get everybody selling Cuban sandwiches with mayonnaise. Uh, you know, it doesn't have mayonnaise. Some of them put in... Uh, Does that Cuban- offend you? Oh, yes. When people go oh, mayonnaise oh, oh, and you're I, like, get out of my shop. I, I tell them, you know, I'm not doing that. No. Oh, they'll even tell me, can you take the pickles off? No, we're not taking the pickles out. What is this, Burger no. King? No. <laughs> you don't understand. No. I'm Cuban for you. You ever curse them out like Desi Arnaz? Oh, yeah. Be Santa Maria, out of here. Go away. <laughs> we're doing good fun. We make good fun of us. Well, we're not taking the pickles out. No, you know, no, This no. is the way it is. Take your own pickle yeah. out. But they... they once they taste it, the taste of it, I mean, 12 hours of cooking, 12 hours of being marinated and mm-hmm. then slow cooked, it's it's delicious. It's really, really good. And people that know, those that lived in North Jersey, Union City, West New York, that have moved down this way or their kids are down this way, they know. And when they say, oh, you have a Cuban sandwich, let me taste one. And right away, they realize this is the best I ever had. And I sell it that way. I tell everybody, this will be the best Cuban you ever have. That's a bold I have not had one person come back and say, nah, no. That's a bold statement. Stick <laughs> around. Stick around. We got more to do here. It's New Jersey 101.5 Fast Traffic. 
more work up. Five's going back to school with Project Backpack. Project Backpack helps Garden State kids go back to school with brand new backpacks. Help our local kids start the year with the tools they need to succeed or donate to learn more about Project Backpack. Visit NJ1015.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Wendy's and Rob Dukansky at RobSellsNJ.com. This year, let's spend our garden, let's send our Garden State kids back to school with a brand new backpack. And thanks for your help from New Jersey. 101.5, Steve Trevelis. Rodolfo Villanueva is here. You may know him from Latin Bites in Manalapan and his many, many food trucks going all around New Jersey. And people now, they move from West New York, from Union City, from the land of Cuba, and, and they move south to Manalapan. Right. And they're thinking, hey, this going to make a Cuban sandwich. Are you kidding me? I know the Cuban sandwich. Oh. And you tell them. I what? get that. I get that all the time. And what I, do you tell them? I, I get those that go, I'm from Miami. Oh, you uh, know, I know. And listen, listen, this will be the best Cuban sandwich you ever have. And? If you don't like it, you don't pay. And? And they love it. Uh-huh. They love it because it's really, it's really good. It's they want to pay more. They reach in and they say, no, <laughs> this is not a... Difference, a- <laughs> yeah. There's a big difference between the West New York Cuban sandwich and mine. Yes. Yeah. Well, size, you know- and size does matter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when you put a half a pound of pork in a sandwich, oh, yeah. that matters. Yes. Oh, my God. It's delicious. As a matter of fact, we have someone on the phone who, who can actually speak for the Cuban sandwich because many of the people that she talks to after they've transitioned say, you know, would it be possible? Could you just send me a Cuban sandwich <laughs> from Latin Bites? <laughs> Nini's here. What's happening, Nini Grace? Hi. Hello. You know, I had a call. The big poppy was in the house. Big poppy's here. (laughs) (laughs) He's here. He's happy. And uh, we're waiting for the Cubanos because we've been hearing about these sandwiches now for the last half hour. They are fantastic. Wait till you wrap your lips around that. (laughs) Half a pound of pork. So good. It's a pound of pork. Like, it's not even a joke. I think it's a pound. You know, usually people say it's a pound. Right. Before it's cooked, I'm pretty certain it's a pound after it's cooked. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the whole the whole weight of the sandwich is, is a pound. Really? You know, by time, yeah, by the time you, you get a hand. bicep holding yeah. the sandwich, you could actually see the bicep in your arms when you're holding this well, sandwich. You literally count on gaining a pound after you've eaten that. People uh-huh. come back because the other half, because I can't finish it, can I, you have anything to go? Uh-huh. Um, I've never been able to finish a full yeah, one. It's hard to finish. Wow. It's hard to finish. So I've been thinking maybe I'll do one of those challenges. Eat the whole sandwich in five minutes. One of those. If you no, if you finish no. it, you, you don't pay. You know what sucks about that? Because then you can't enjoy the sandwich. Oh, no, you can't enjoy You can't that. enjoy that. That sandwich needs to be saved. Come back. Come back. Yeah. You can take one for later. Yes, yeah. I don't like people. I want to enjoy my food. I, don't, I think it's 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 like it's offensive to the food. Right. It's you don't want to offend the food. The food needs to be respected. <laughs> needs to be savored. Oh, yeah. Needs to be romanced. I, you know, I love the food. The food loves me. Exactly, exactly. Me and my food, we're a thing. <laughs> so, so you can't just gulp it down. But I there's mean, always you know. one guy that wants that challenge. You know, like, oh, yeah. I'll try it. You know, that's the guy that takes the pickles out. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy that dips it in mayonnaise. No, no, no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. So do do people ever dip it in anything? Are there any kind of uh, dips or no? You'll get those that, you know, will see a sauce on the counter, say, I can have that. We we educate It's like they got to add more. You don't need to add more. It works like this. If you don't want that, they taste it the way it is. If you want it afterwards, add it. But you don't. 
Don't touch it. Just enjoy the way it is. It, it, it's, it's the law. You must try it in its purity yeah. first. And, and it's nice and toasty and crispy. And, oh, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Big Papi is a good thing. <laughs> You're making Nini's mouth water. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow. Wow. Sounds it's, good. It's, it's delicious. And one of the things that we did, it, it took us a while, was to find the right bread. Oh, yeah. Bread is the key. It's the Cuban sandwich. It has to be Cuban bread. Uh, but yeah. we were having difficulties having this consistency. So we found this uh, bakery, commercial bakery in Irvington. Uh-huh. Uh, they make the bread for us, especially for us. Oh, cool. It's our to our specifications. And uh, it's, that's the key. Now tell me, because I know the Italian bread. I get all the different types of Italian bread. Tell me about the Cuban bread. The Cuban bread is... Uh, the word in Spanish is uh, sobao. It's is um, is is uh, done by hand, basically, mm-hmm. uh, with lard. Uh, you know. Oh, really? That's what it has, uh-huh. and water, and flour. Right. Um, it's it's very simple recipe, uh, but the consistency has to be there, and the 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 top of it has to be right in order to get the crispy feel of the of the bread. All right, so it's the tops, and that's what makes it crispy. Right. And then it's, it's right. kind of, yeah, oh, that sounds great. No sesame seeds, no, no, just straight bread. <laughs> Nini's not sleeping tonight. Cuban bread, Cuban bread is just like a staple. Like, it's a breakfast in right. a Hispanic household. Like, you can have Cuban bread, obviously, on a sandwich or toast it with butter and your coffee. Like, there is just nothing. You can't mess it up. Right. When no, it, with the butter it's on it's right. the best. Right? When it's done right... right uh, Anything filled with butter and bread. Mm-hmm. Now, now, when you have the coffee, you have to have the Cuban coffee that the spoon just stands up by itself in, or you put the spoon in and it withers away the bottom. The cafecito, yeah. <laughs> is there any other way? Uh, and it's got to be in a small demi-tasse cup because you don't need to drink a whole no, cup of that coffee. I'll take a double. I take a double. I'll take a double too. I'm pretty certain that we're we're that's fed to us in our bottles at birth. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, that explains was, a lot. <laughs> you know, drink, talking about drinking coffee, I, I I remember just drinking coffee since I was a kid. You know, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. People, I, I've done that topic before too, because like people afraid to give their kids coffee. When we were kids, man, remember we used to you, the fun was putting the milk and sugar in oh, and stirring yeah. it around. I mean, like being four years old yeah. and just drinking. I mean, the coffee. here's the thing, like. You give your kid soda, but you won't give your kid coffee? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is like, now they won't give him soda. You know, now they're afraid of that. First. Uh-huh. Let's, let's feed these kids uh, a Cuban sandwich. That's what they need. There yes, we go. There yes. we go. From Latin Bites in Manalp. And what's the website? Uh, Latin Bites NJ. Latin Bites NJ. Dot com. Dot com. Yep. And uh, you could order online. You could see our reviews. You could um, follow the trucks. They're scheduled for each truck. We're following the truck. Yeah. <laughs> so. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> oh, we get those. Can you yeah. pull over? You got yeah, anything come ready? On. <laughs> the cops like an ever, ice cream truck. Yeah. Did the cops ever pull you over just to get a free meal? <laughs> I had a cop do that. Get out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> listen, listen, are you, where are you going just in case? <laughs> yeah, really. I'm getting off in a couple hours. <laughs> so there's a festival the next town. Oh, the festivals are the yeah. best when you're there. Festivals where's that? Absolutely. I got to hit the nose. Nene, where are you going to be? What are we doing? You're coming back here September the 12th. I'll be there September the 12th. I will be in... October's busy for me, Steve. I will be at the Lion's Den in Avon by the Sea 
and October 8th. Uh-huh. The, yep, the 22nd, we have... Um, Brook Art Theater, Boundbrook. Brook Art Theater, and then the end of the month, I'll be in Miami. Look at you. Look at you. Nene Gray's Woo! getting around. All right, kiddo. I'll see you on the 12th. See you then. See Enjoy you. your puppy. Oh, yeah. Love you. See you later. Oh, yes. All right. We're going to see you uh, enjoy tomorrow. Yes, definitely. And we're going to be fasting all day tomorrow. You'll, and <laughs> make sure you'll take a nap afterwards. Oh, I will definitely take a nap. It is 930. Thanks for coming, my friend. Now, the latest New Jersey brought you by Keystone Roofing and Siding is your home's exterior showing signs of age. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Keystone Roofing and Siding for a fee evaluation. Roofing, siding, windows, quality work, professionally done. Visit the new state-of-the-art showroom on Route 9 in Helm or log on to KeystonePros.com. You ever had a Cuban sandwich? I definitely have at some point. I just don't remember it. They are amazing. I they ought to try are, one now. Uh, no, you will. Tomorrow. We've got Cuban sandwiches. That's what I like yeah, to hear. And tomorrow is National Cuban Sandwich Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are you ready for the headlines and the treble lines? I am ready. Well, let's uh, do the headlines and the... Where is it over here? Ah, here we go. Here we go. Right. Got news i got to find the button. Excellent news. Now it's time for headlines and treble lines. I read the news today. As Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As only Steve can. A very good question. A very good question. Well, so, what the hell is going on? How about this? We got, well, two famous birthdays in terms of the football world, but one that I know, I know you know who both of them are, but a big one. On this day in 1941. What famous Giants coach was born, do you know? He was born in Englewood, New Jersey. Oh, it's got to be Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells. Really? Big, big Bill's birthday. Big Bill's birthday, August 22nd, 1941. I almost forgot to remember. And then uh, about 50 years later, he won his second Super Bowl with them, 1990. How about that? Yeah. It only took 50 years. Yeah. Right? They won what? 86 and 90? And those were the they first won two they in 86. Won? Uh, yeah, in 86. Yeah. They went 13 and 3. And in 90. No, I'm sorry. In 86, they went 14 and 2. And in 90, they went 13 and 3. And uh, it was an incredible run. They're not like that anymore. No. We don't they look good that. last night, though. Yeah, we'll they see. They look good last night. We'll see. Davis Webb. Yeah. The legend of <laughs> Davis Webb. <laughs> And then uh, also born on this day. Music is actually fitting to play on the Davis Webb. (laughs) (laughs) Any Giants quarterback, for that matter, in this day and age. Uh, And then also August 22nd, 1989, Mm -hmm. wide receiver went to Rutgers, Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed, my son loves Mohamed Sanu. I remember him when he played at Rutgers. You know what's cool about Mohamed Sanu? He he played at Rutgers, and uh, every year he would come back. Uh, I don't know if he still does it, but he would come back with a bunch of his pals, and they would run a free football camp for the kids. Really? And my sons went like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And the first year I got to interview him, it's on nj1015.com. What a cool guy. I mean, just it, do- it, doesn't, it doesn't charge anybody. It's a free camp, yeah. and he shows up with T-shirts for the kids and uh, like different tchotchkes, and he signs autographs, and he stays, and he talks to them, and they teach him. They, they put him through like a one-day camp, uh, usually I think at the uh, North Park. High school, yeah, yeah it's really he, he had a pretty successful career for a while there too. He's got to yeah. be at least a one-time Super Bowl champ with the Patriots. Maybe well, he was drafted more. by the Bengals, right? Yeah, and then from the Bengals, actually, yeah, he wasn't. He was on the Falcons team that lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? 
that that coach should be that, that Jersey guy, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, should be forced to wear a dunce cap on the sidelines <laughs> for the rest of his life. If you lose, if you blow a twenty-eight to three lead to the New England Patriots in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You got a twenty-eight to three halftime lead. And you blow it, you should be from now on NFL rules. Commissioner uh, Roger Goodell has stated you must now wear a dunce cap on the sidelines for the and and you and you're now the defensive coordinator for the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he should wear a dunce uh, cap for that. D- double dunce cap. Yeah, double dunce bus. I agree. A double dunce bust. That's what you call it. I uh, I agree. But like I was saying, I remember Mohamed Sanu when he played for Rutgers, had a pretty successful career. Yeah, uh, looks looking through some famous jersey birthdays and saw him. Yeah. And he's got. I actually. I know there's some crazy stat with him where he's only thrown like one incompletion in his NFL career, and he's thrown like nine touchdowns or something on like trick plays. Do the Giants are available? <laughs> well, they could use him. I remember back in 2016 when he was a free agent and he signed with the Falcons at the time. I wanted them to get him. So did I. I remember that. And they ended up drafting Sterling Shepard. Well, it was 2017 when everything was supposed to happen, and then yep. Game Four they lose like uh, Odell, and they lose Shepard, Brandon and Marshall, lose Brandon Marshall, and they lose Dwayne Harris. So we're done here. Mm-hmm. Well, they were at that point they were already zero and three too. I mean that team was just a dumpster fire, man. That was brutal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the news. Back to the news, and so. We've had a lot of Beatles talk going recently, right? I feel like every time you I'm looking at history. You have to see rock and roll. The Beatles let it be. I heard I know. You were texting oh me about it. God, it was amazing. Yeah. We're going to get them on. Um, and so I, as I've been looking through like you know, things that happened on this day, the last couple of times we've done this, there's always been something Beatles related. And in this day on 1966, they arrived in New York City and held two press conferences, one for the press and one for their fans. On this day? On this day in 1966. Really? Yeah, that's what it says. Oh, okay. Wonder what they talked about. Well, yeah. the, well, actually, this was near the end of the tour, right? Their last live performance was in San Francisco. Where was the press conference? Doesn't say where it was. Just oh, New York City, actually. New York City. City. New York City. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And they held two press conferences there. I'm sure they were mobbed with people. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, back then. Well, again, this was the '66. Was the last shows. And uh, that's when they decided they were going to just go back into the studio. And uh, but like I was saying, and this this whole premise of this rock and roll music show, what if the Beatles had decided to get back together for John Lennon's 40th birthday? And you see them as they would have looked like in 1980. Yeah. And they play as that point. Like the idea is that, okay, we got back together. We're going to play some of the stuff that we did on our own, but together. So you hear, like, imagine the four Beatles doing My Sweet Lord or the four Beatles doing Watching the Wheels or Live and Let Die or uh, Don't Come Easy. Whatever. And they, they show you that. But then, like, they'll also, while they're in their 40-year-old mo- 40 mode, they're doing um, While My Guitar Gently Waves. Yeah, they're doing While My Guitar Gently Weeps. They're doing um, a whole 50s medley with rock and roll music and uh, roll over Beethoven and stuff like that. It's it's really good. I would highly recommend, like I said, I would highly recommend seeing it. one 800 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis, back after this. Jominski and Doyle. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. I don't have a read here, do I? I thought I did for a minute then. i got to check with my producer. <laughs> no, you don't. All right, coming up in the next hour, I want you to think about the best concert combinations you've ever seen. Where not only do you get a great show, but a great show by two or more great bands. I don't think we've ever done that. We always do what's the best concert you've ever seen, but we can, we can do better than that. Uh, 
What else we got there, Kyle? All right, so this was in our newsletter, and I know that you wrote a post on it, but there's more to this story now as well with the Gary Busey having the alleged, you know, touching incident, sex crime, whatever. So what was he doing? So I don't – this isn't specifically that I found about what he was doing at the Monster Mania, but apparently right. he was inappropriately touching people or attempting to inappropriately touch people. Right. But now – there's more. There's another article that was posted today, and there's pictures of it as well, that over the weekend he was in California. Right. And he pulled his pants Malibu. down he in what? public. Pulled his pants down in public. And this was after the sex uh, charge crimes that he had that were in New Jersey. Really? So there's also pictures of it as well. Now, in this article, this is actually pretty interesting because Busey is alleging that he has a knee problem. And when this knee problem happens, it flares up when he's sitting down, whatever. It causes him to pull his pants down. He pulls down. his pants down and tries to like readjust his knee or whatever, right? But there's a picture of it right here, which I'm going to show you right now. You can see that his pants are kind of hanging by his ankles in this picture. Mm, right. And he's got them down. His bare butt is just sitting on that bench. <sighs> he's just in the middle of the open, right? Like doing yeah. this, people taking pictures of it, whatever. He's reiterating that, like I said, it's something that's with his knee. Uh, and then they're also talking about he had some motorcycle accident. I don't know if you know about this. That happened in like 1988, and it's done something, whatever. And that's like what people are trying to say. I've never heard of anyone. Or people are trying to say that he that had a motorcycle accident caused him to pull his pants down. There's a quote from his, I think it's his son at the end of this article. Jeb. That says, uh, let's see. It doesn't say, but it says um, his son says that he lost his dad, he thought, after the accident in 1988, that he's never been the same since. He's always acted differently. Now, I don't really know much about Gary Busey. You would know more. Gary Busey was, the, when, uh, he was 21, I think. By the way, it was his eldest son, Jake, that said that. Oh, okay. Uh, one of his sons, I think is Jeb, is an actor, too. He plays in horror movies. Um, back when I when I met Gary Busey, the two of them, he, they were both side-by-side side signing autographs at Monster Mania. Monster Mania is a very reputable convention. Dave Hagen's the guy that runs it. He's a great guy. It's a great convention. It's going on forever. When I had the Sarcasm Comedy Club in Cherry Hill, uh, they used to come in twice a year. And, again, great people. I met Eric Roberts there. Basically, it's one of those autograph show things. Yeah. You know, people pay to get the autographs. They they come in, they sit by ta behind tables, and you give the money to the big guy with the box, and then you get to pick up like with that with Busey. Uh, I I love the Buddy Holly story. It was made in 1978. Busey was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor. He dropped 60 pounds to play Buddy Holly. Um, I have to tell you, Buddy Holly is right. Yeah, I know. Who right. is, yeah. He played sixty. He dropped sixty pounds. He, he actually went and spent six months living in Buddy Holly's house with his parents. He lived in his bed. He slept in his bedroom, so he could really get into the role. And being a big Buddy Holly fan. You know, when I saw the movie, it was fantastic. I became a Busey fan at that point. I mean, I, I, for that movie. So then, uh, fast forward to Monster Mania. I forget what year this was. Maybe around to 2010, like around there. He's in Monster Mania. And I go, and the way it works is he's sitting at a table, and they got pictures of all his different movies, you know, glossies. And you, the way it works is for 20 bucks, you give the guy 20 bucks, you slide over the picture you want Gary to sign, and he signs it. And uh, if you want to take a picture with Gary, uh, now back then there were no smartphones. So you lean in, yeah. and the guy will take the picture. You, Gary's on behind the table, you're in front of the table. You lean in, turn around, he leans forward, you guys take the picture. That's the way it works. And it would be another 30 bucks. 
So I, I, I forewent the extra 30 bucks, and I just said, just sign the picture. <laughs> and he signs the picture, and he grabs me, and he pulls me in, and he's like, best effing movie I ever made. And he was right. But I still, I, I put it on, I put the picture on nj1015.com. I put it in the blog. Yeah. But, um, you know, Busey's always been a little wacky after that, though. Uh, and I guess this is, I remember that night, he was walking around the place in a bathrobe. Uh, just walking around in his bathrobe. Not, nothing indecent, just he had the bathrobe. And there was a, a tray of like dessert, dessert tray. And he's trying to steal cookies off the dessert tray. <laughs> Dude, you carry Busey. <laughs> You want a cookie? We'll give you the freaking yeah. cookie. Don't worry. But he was just kind of kind of wacky. He was just kind yeah, just kind of wacky like that. But uh, I could never get. And if anybody, I want to know. Like I, I guess I've said this before. If you got to pay for the autograph, you know the idea. These people that get in line and they spend money to get in, and then they buy the. And I've done it. I regretted it. But mm -hmm. I mean, have, have you, have, what's the most anyone has ever spent? I'd be interested to know this. The most someone has ever paid for an autograph. Not like, it's one thing when you meet the guy, hey, you're pretty cool. Can I have your autograph? Sure. You got that. You earned yeah. that. You did the work. But the idea that I'm going to stand in line, I'm going to pay this guy money, I'm going to stand in line, and this guy, you better really like the guy. Like Busey, I just happened to be there. Eric Roberts was another one. And Eric Roberts, he signed a Pope of Greenwich Village poster for me at the Monster Media. And then years later, I have him on the radio. And uh, it turns out he's a really great guy. He follows me on Twitter. Uh, but, but, you know, I want to know, like, what is the most anyone has ever spent on an autograph? What is the most you ever paid to get someone to sign an autograph for you? You can listen on every night when that moon gets a Dancing in the moonlight on a Monday night. Dancing on a Monday moonlight. In the Monday moonlight. Kafforsini uh, is here. Max Weinberg and the Smithereens are going to be performing September the 10th, a free concert in New Jersey. How about that? You know Max free. Weinberg is, right? Yeah. Okay. You know who uh, Yeah, because you wrote the article. Are, right? <laughs> at the Oak... And I did not write this. Jeff Dominski wrote this. This is happening at Oak Ridge Park in Clark. The Clark Park. The Oak Ridge Park in Clark. On Saturday, September 10th, 6 to 10. It's a lawn show. It's a huge park. Uh, smithereens are amazing. And Max is amazing. But uh, they're going to do it together. And uh, well, Max Weinberg jukebox is great. He's got a band that goes out. They play a whole bunch of really great rockers. And uh, the Smithereens, you know, they're, they're friends of the show. They come on all the time. Jim Babjack with the yeah, crowd. Yeah, right? that's, that's Smithereens. And uh, they open the Carteret Performing Arts Center. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a great band, a great show. Uh, have you ever, like, you go to a lot of concerts? I don't. And I know you said you wanted to talk this hour about best you know do, concert with multiple good artists you know in that so the only thing that i could really think of is this isn't going to interest you at all and it doesn't even interest me anymore but in college my freshman <laughs> come year on, I, you got it more confidence my freshman, no i'm serious because i'm not bring it because i'm because i'm not into you don't want to see about that <laughs> i'm not into country music anymore but i went and saw florida georgia line morgan wallen and dan you're a country Shea. guy when I played high school baseball, it was like the thing that they always played, and then carried that through. College baseball, they played it a little bit as well, 
And I was just a country very big, music or just yeah, country band. music. Okay. And so I was like a country music fan. I would say from the age, I'm, not that I'm not a fan of it now. I just don't listen to it as much anymore. But when I was probably 17 till 20, I was pretty big into it. And so I did see a cool show. If there are any country music fans out there, Florida George Line, Morgan Wallen, and, uh, and Dan and Shay. Okay. So three headliners, essentially. Uh, it was a pretty cool concert. It was very good. I wouldn't have interest in going to it now, but back in the day, it was pretty cool. I worked. I leave the Howard Stern Show. And... Go get a job at WXTU, which yeah. is Philadelphia's country station. I know. Station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Try to imagine that culture shock. Yeah. When you go from uh -huh. the Howard Stern show. And people were upset because when I did the updates with Howard, the last thing they would hear, they hear my voice. I was at the end. So when I finished, Howard would start. And now when I'm finishing, Garth Brooks is starting. Yeah. All right, what's going on? <laughs> no. But country music is, I, the, like, at the time, this was, they called it new country. And it was like late 90s. And, you know, country, uh, they were all three-minute songs. They had kind of replaced the top 40. Um, and they were pretty good. Yeah, they had a lot of hooks to them and stuff. It's a completely different... It's like country music is devoted to the country fan. It's, yeah. it's a completely different... There's not a lot of sharing going on between country music and, say, rock. Although a lot of rock comes from country music. You know, country music was the big, right, part of the birthplace of rock. Yeah. Buddy Holly was a country singer before he became a rock singer. And, uh, you know, and then people emulated, right? All the rockers started off as country singers. But, um, but that's, you know, that's the thing, though. It's about the combination of shows. Like, what is the best? I want to throw this out there. 1-800-283-101.5. What is the best concert combination you've ever seen where you got two great acts? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, everybody was raving the last couple of weeks about Santana and Earth, Wind & Fire, which is an incredible yeah. show, right? I mean, imagine that. You go to see, you know, you could go to see either one, and you'd be happy. Yeah, and you get to see both. Yeah. Chicago and Brian Wilson. Then we had a lot of good, a lot of good uh, combo concerts this year. Chicago, as great as Chicago is, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys on the same bill as Chicago. That's a great show. It's like Elton John and John Lennon. I've yeah. heard somebody call in and talk about that before. I think, but that was that wasn't a that wasn't a double bill. Like yeah, that. Elton John and Billy Joel was a double bill. Okay, they toured together. But like the greatest, like who who is the best like double bill where you saw two great shows? I remember like I've talked about this before back in the eighties when uh, Def Leppard opened for Billy Squire, and uh, the year before Billy Squire opened for Queen. Mm. You know, but one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Peter Frampton, yes, and Gary Wright. That's an older show, but I mean, like you know, the best because now, especially because there's so much, you know, they they these tickets are so expensive, and these performers can only go for so long. So once upon a time, where Rod Stewart would be like, you know, a nice three hour show. Well, he doesn't want to do three hours anymore, but Cheap Trick can do half of it. So Rod Stewart and Cheap Trick was a great show. You know, I think the only Cheap Trick song I know is Surrender. Is that by Cheap Trick? Surrender, I Want You to Want Me, Dream mm. Police, oh, I know that one, All Shook Up. Uh, yeah, but I mean, but that that's what I want to do. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you been to any concerts this year where you got more than one great act? That I'd be interested in. And how did you like, you know, how did it go over? Like Billy Joel and Elton John. That'd be awesome. 
Well, it was great because they were, you know, they had toured together and their music is kind of similar. They played on each other's stuff. So, uh, and it was fun. And, you know, the two guys like each other and they had the dueling pianos, one on each side. Sometimes they trade off the music, but that's a cool show. Think about it. And it doesn't have to be this year. At any time in your life, you know, so-and-so opening for so-and-so or so-and-so the double bill. Or was there a show where so-and-so blocked, you know, blew away the other band? Let's talk to uh, Michael and Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Michael. Good evening. How are you? The double billing. Uh huh. Uh, a few years back, uh, when Motley Crue and Kiss toured together, that was a mean show. You had two big headliners. You went? Yeah, I saw them at the, what, the PNC Bank Center on the Garden State Parkway. All right, now tell me about who opened. Motley Crue opened up. Right. For Kiss. And then Kiss was the headliner. And who did you like better? Uh, I'm a big, big Kiss fan, so I gotta say Kiss. Right. But, but also Motley Crue had a contest, and if you remember, uh, Tommy Lee's drum set went upside down in, like a roller coaster ring. The whole drum set went upside down, and the winner of the contest got to get strapped in with Tommy Lee and go for the ride. For get out! I never knew that. That sounds great. It was awesome. Oh, my God. And you know what? There is, see, that, that had to be a great show because they're a great show band. Kiss is a great show band. And uh, you got your money. So how, how, do you remember how much you paid for that show? No, I couldn't say. I couldn't remember what, but it was, you know, not nothing phenomenal. No. Uh, and you, uh, the PNC Arts Center. Kiss and Motley Crue. That's a great one. And honestly, my seats were a little bit up. I, I got down to like fourth row. Uh-huh. And when, when Kiss finished up, I, again, it wasn't like in the past, no cameras. Everybody had their cell phones. At the end of the show, Kiss was pretty much posing for pictures. I got pictures of Paul Stanley that looked like I'm standing right in front of him. How about that? And they know they get the drill. They get the drill. Michael, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, I want to know, Smithereens uh, playing with Max Weinberg at a, at, a, at a park in Clark, September the 10th. I want to know, what is the best concert combination you've ever seen? Two great acts on one great bill. Here's New Jersey 101.5, Fast Traffic. Three 101.5, Steve Trevelace. We always talk about, like, what's the best concert you ever went to? How about this? The best concert combination that you ever went to. Give me a show that had two great acts in it. More and more now, as the classic rockers start to, um, start to, you know, get older, age out, rather than do, like, one long set, you bring in two bands. Rod Stewart, who was at the Hard Rock this past weekend, and Cheap Trick. That's a good show, right? They were at the PNC Bank Art Center. Um, Billy Joel, Elton John was a great two-man show. Give me the best concert combination you've ever seen. Now, on September the 10th, uh, the Smithereens are going to be playing with Max Weinberg over in Clark, uh, the Oak Ridge Park in Clark, and uh, you can check it out for free. And the Smithereens are great. 
We know Max is great. So 1-800-283-101.5. Give me like we had we had Kiss and Motley Crue. It was a great show. Uh, going to my Facebook, we've got uh, Peter Frampton and Steve Miller in 2017 at the Man Music Center. That's got to be a cool show. You know, because you have to have, like Steve Miller could do it by himself. Of course, they both could. Frampton, I saw work with Yes and Gary Wright. And you only got so many Peter Frampton songs to work with that you really want to hear, right? I mean, I remember the um, Frampton Comes Alive album. You know, Frampton could do Do You Feel Like We Do for about half an hour and be done with it if you wanted to. Uh, let's see. Tom says Kansas slash Sticks. Ario was playing with Was Ario playing with Sticks over the weekend? Right? Ario played with somebody. That's another. The only thing is, like, a lot of these bands. The older they get, you start to play, you know, count the original members. When you got like fourth and fifth generation members of the band. Uh, Bob Seeger and Kiss. I've never heard of that show. But that's got to be a while. Billy and Elton, Billy and Elton. Glass Tiger and Journey. Uh, here we go. Here's a country show. Miranda Lambert, Florida Georgia Line, Toby Keith. Oh, now he's come running in here. Now his ears perked up. All right, my country, country Kyle, my producer. How about that? Miranda Lambert, uh, Florida Georgia Line, and Toby Keith. Might have interested me in my younger years. But now? Now, no. No, no, no. no not now. Well, who are you into now? Well, if I Beatles, would go... of course. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. So, music that I like now. Uh, obviously, the Beatles... The Strokes. Okay. Uh, God, now putting me on the spot. I'm drawing a massive blank on music. I, honestly, All right, I so how about Queen, Queen, and Mato Hoople. Queen, I'm a fan of a little bit. Well, yeah, Mato Hoople is not around anymore. You know, doing Big Joe's show for as long well, as I did. You learned a lot doing Big Joe's show. Not only did I learn a lot about that kind of music, but I found so many songs that I knew that I liked but didn't know the name. So I'd see it in the queue as it was going to play, right? And I'm like, I don't think I know this song. The second it would play, I would know it. Right. And so that got me really into 70s and 80s music, and I've been listening to that a lot. Um, so what are you listening to? I found out that I liked a little Boz Skaggs. I really? found out that I liked a little Def Leppard that I didn't know. Mm. Um Beach Boys, I like. They play a couple times on Big Joe's show, but he kind of just opened my eyes to some music. I didn't like some Wham. Um, you know, it's funny. You think about, like, all right, the 1970s were, like, 50 years ago, right? And yeah. yet when you play it, like, you're hearing it. You know, we're still playing it. Yeah. And probably 50 years from now, we'll still be. But I was talking to, when, when I did the live broadcast in Asbury over the weekend, I was talking to Tom Tremblay, our engineer. Yeah. And we were talking about this, and yeah, so 50 years ago, this music was popular, and we're playing it now, and it still sounds like it was yesterday. You still hear those songs. You're 22. You love these songs. Yeah, absolutely. But if you go back to the 1970s, you nobody was playing music from the 1920s. Yeah. Right? So yeah. 50 years, no one was walking around, and hey, we got the greatest hits of the 20s and 30s <laughs> here, right? Moody yeah. Valley. No, we don't have that. Uh -huh. right? And it's, I think, like, you, this is going to stay with us forever. Because I don't know, like, I don't think the 70s, if, if, if you, give me your thoughts, 1 800 I don't think, like, from the 50s forward, 
because that's when rock and roll began. Yeah. And, and plus, with the technology that we have now, I don't think this music, thanks to the technology and all the different ways we use it, is ever going to die. No, it's probably not. Now, I will say, being my age and having friends that are my age, it is kind of, especially in my friend group, the exception, not the rule to like that kind of music. I'm kind of known as like an old soul because I like that type of music. Not all of my but friends But how many do. old souls do you know? In college, a lot more than I do here. So a good amount of people that I was friends with in college like that kind of music. Because... But, well, you know what? Like, how did you get, you got exposed to it? I had a brother who was into it. My parents, but your were brother's into it, right? a few years older than you. Yes, and your parents are. But that usually it's the parents because what yeah. happens? Kids driving around in the car doesn't even realize he's hearing it. Uh -huh. He's in the car seat, and it's playing on the radio or it's playing on the you know on the music. However, they get music, and uh, you get ingrained in it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if you go back to like I don't know who's Who's in the twenties and thirties? Al Jolson, Rudy Valley, and Bing Crosby. No, yeah. And there were there was like a radio station that played that stuff, but not to the extent that you hear like, like this music, like seventies, eighties, nice sixties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. It's all now part of the the great lexicon. You know, I mean, everybody when you listen to these songs on the weekend, everybody knows who they are. So, you know, 1-800-283-101.5. You know, the idea that, you know, rock and roll is here to stay, it'll never die, has been proven. That here we are, 50 years later, and what are we talking about? You know, give me some great concert combinations. All right. Best concert combination that you have ever seen. Two great acts on one great bill. You know, I have to think back to college. This is kind of off the wall a little bit right but i saw a concert with uh tenacious d opening up for weezer mm -hmm. and it was just a great time i don't know if you're familiar with those bands tenacious d with weezer jack black. I know, buddy holly oh Ten yeah. tenacious d was jack black jack black's okay. band his two-man band it was just such a fun live atmosphere that you know it was a great opener because then you're completely amped for uh for weezer yeah it, 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 they kind of they you know one sets you up for the other yeah you know but then you get some of these like double bill bands uh, like Billy Joel, Elton John, right? You know where you That's see two classic. incredible show, you know, incredible yeah. acts on the same bill. But now you're seeing a lot of them now. I think because they just, you know, these guys are getting older, they don't want to go the full mm -hmm. set. But like, uh, I didn't want to say that because then people will call because I could be wrong with um, Santana and uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh wow! On the same bill. Yeah, wow. And every, that was last week. Oh, Social geez. media was lit with it. Rod Stewart and Cheap Trick. Oh, that would be a great one, too. It was it happened at Garden State at the PNC Bank Art Center. Wow, double bills. So not like an opening act, like a double bill, you said? Somebody had to go first. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I never understood that with a double bill because someone's always going first. Toss a coin. Like, uh, I always think, you know, when I think of a, a funky combination would when Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees. Well, that was one in, night. <laughs> oh, it was just that one was, night. Michael Nesmith tells the story <laughs> about how, you know, he goes, so here we are, you know, here we are, we're the Monkees, right? And there's Jimi Hendrix, and he's going, Foxy, <laughs> Davey, Foxy, Davey. Said, we're done here. We're not done this anymore. <laughs> And the other one was, uh, oh, damn, what was the one? Oh, uh, Chicago and Brian Wilson. Oh, my. On the same bill. Wow. Wow. That's what I mean. That's what I want to know. The best double bills. It's 1030. Now, the latest new...
All right, I am seeing the most unbelievable thing I have ever seen here. There's a guy, uh, I think he must be at the Yankees game, and he's sitting there, and he's got a, I got I to, gotta, like, retweet this. He's uh, sitting at, he's sitting in Yankee Stadium. Uh, he's wearing a Yankee hat. He takes a hot dog, and he hollows out the hot dog with a straw, and then he takes the hot dog, the hollowed-out hot dog, puts it in his beer, and sucks the beer through the hot dog. Is that the weirdest thing you've ever seen, Kyle? Is that like the most gross? I don't know if it's gross. I don't know. I, do not try this at home, people. Uh, all right, best concert combinations you have ever seen. Let's go to uh, Vinny's and Hazlitt on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Vinny. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? All right. All right. Hanging in there. Listen, I saw, I took my son to his first rock concert. with was um, Papa Roach, Skid Row, and Guns N' Roses. How old was your son? Um, boy, oh boy. He must have been about 11 or 12. Wow. Did he get it? Did he love it? Oh, man. He, I, I took him. Every I met, in fact, I met um, Sebastian Bach in, in Sayreville one time. Oh man! He pulled up alongside of me uh-huh. in a limo, and he heard the song playing. And I was playing one of his songs, "Monkey Business," uh-huh. and he was like, "I bet you that's the only song you have." That you and you think I started rattling through my songs on the CD, and it were all his songs. So oh. he pulled over and signed it for me. How about that? His mother, something. Yeah, and the best concerts I've ever seen in, in my life were um, was um, Leonard Skinner. I've seen him about two dozen times already. How about that? That's nice. At the PNC Art Center. I mean, I three or four years ago, we saw Journey and Kid Rock and Kiss. Molly Crew did not have the roller coaster with them when I saw them. So I don't know where this guy was talking about the roller coaster. I, it wasn't at the PNC. But I, they rocked the house. How about they that? Were, Kiss got mad. Kiss got mad because Molly Crew went over the time. And the police had to cut Kiss short. Are you and serious? The guys from Kiss were mad. Yeah, dead serious. Oh, yeah. They got that sound thing out there, that curfew. 11 o'clock. He cut Kiss off at 11 o'clock. They didn't even get to do, like, uh, what's the song? Um, Rock and Roll All Night. All Night. I remember they didn't that. They didn't get to do that. Yep. Oh, man. The is the greatest. Okay. I saw all my favorite bands there. So did my son. Uh, and you know what? You you got your choice. You want to sit in the stands? You want to have a picnic on the grass? Whatever you want to do, you got it. No, you can't sit in the grass no more. No more? They got the beer tents out there. Yeah, I mean, it gets oh, too rowdy out there. I didn't know that. Now. Okay. So I, always, I always pay for a seat. Always it's pay for it. a seat. And it's a fortune to go there, but... It's great seats, man. Everywhere you sit is the best, man. I, I, you know what? That's when you know it's summer. It's part of summer in New Jersey. You get to see a concert yep. at the PNC Bank Art Center. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Vinny, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. In Franklin Park, we got Frank of Franklin Park. What's up, Frank? Hi. Best combination I ever saw, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis, Liza Minnelli at the Meadowlands several years ago. Wow. Now, that was now that had to be like 1988, right? Maybe something like that. Yeah. Well, Sammy was still with us and was to us. I guess he passed away, but well, yeah. Dean, Dean, it was, it was Dean Martin. But according to uh, some interview, Larry King alive, he said, ah, "Dean doesn't want to work. 
he cut out the, he cut out the tour early. We got lines to fill in for him <laughs> for the tour. <laughs> well, that's because yeah, Dean, his son had died, and he was in a funk, and he came out. He tried to do it. He did like one or two shows. I can't do this, and he went and he went home. Uh, and they got Liza Minnelli to fill. That's an amazing show. It was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah, no, that's an amazing show. And they didn't that. How long did that last? That didn't last very long either. But I like that. I like that, man. Good stuff, Frank. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Okay, great concert combinations. What do we got here? Let's see. Uh, I put it on my Facebook. Uh, you could follow me on Facebook. If I don't follow you back, it only means I've exhausted my my allotted 5,000 followers. You can join the fan page, though. Uh, let's see. We've got... Uh, uh, Kansas and Sticks, Man of War, Rhapsody of Fire, uh, Bob Seger and Kiss. I never heard of that one. Uh, Queen and Mata Hooper we talked about. Weezer and Foo Fighters. Uh, Guns and Roses and Rolling Stones. L.A. Coliseum, October 1989. Kevin McArdle. Our own Kevin McArdle saw that. Uh, hold on. Then we've got... Tom Petty's last tour, I saw him with Joe Walsh and the Eagles. That's a good one, too. Public Enemy Beastie Boys. Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison. I saw Roy Orbison, Buddy Holly, in a hologram concert uh, back in uh, a couple of years ago. And that was kind of weird because they had a band. You know, they have a full band out there. And they have backup singers and everything. And then the hologram appears in the middle of the stage, and they play to the hologram. And when the hologram is finished, it looks over and goes, thank you. Weirdest thing. But they do a great job with the music, though. Uh, let's see what else we got. 60s reunion tour. The Monkees, the Grassroots, Herman's Hermits, Paul Revere, and the Raiders. I saw the very first Happy Together show, which was 1985. And it was Gary Lewis and the Playboys, um, the Grassroots, uh, the Turtles, of course, Tommy James, and I forget who the second act, the other, uh, the Buckinghams. That's it. It was Gary Lewis, the Buckinghams, the Grassroots, uh, Tommy James, who came out looking like Billy Idol at the time, and um, Flo and Eddie, Turtles. Incredible. And they're still doing the Happy Together Tour, some variation, one or another. New Jersey 101.5. You want to make it an endless summer, do you? New Jersey 101.5 is giving you a free getaway to the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Listen, weekdays at 9 a.m., 2 p.m., 5 p.m. for the secret code word. You enter it on the New Jersey 101.5 app. There's three winners every weekday. Thanks to our sponsor, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, where legendary entertainment lives. Making an endless summer with a free Atlantic City getaway from New Jersey 101.5. All right, Kyle. Best concert combinations. And some of the ones we got were really good. We got even more here. The uh, Procol Harum and Jethro Tull at the Man in Philly. Now, I have a Jethro Tull. The thing with Jethro Tull, Ian Anderson really can't sing anymore. But Jethro Tull was a great 70s band. You want to hear something funny? You never heard of Jethro Tull. No, I have. Oh. Somebody called in the other day. I think it was for Dominsky and Doyle. And they said the best concert that they had ever seen was Jethro Tull. The worst concert they ever saw was Jethro Tull 20 years later. 
That's the best way to put it. Yeah. That's the best way to put it because Ian Anderson could go down in history as a genius. I mean, when you look at those lyrics, you look at the lyrics of Aqualung, you know, and uh, graduating Catholic school, graduating Catholic school, attending Catholic school, uh, and you listen to the song Wind Up, and it completely changes your religion. I mean, he was just a great writer. Uh, and he tours the, the Ian Anderson Rubbing Elbows tour which has got about 15 years old. But uh, but that, I mean, yeah, and Jeff will tell, but you just, again, he just can't sing anymore. Yeah. But the Ramones and Degeneration or U2 with the Stereophonics, those are two good ones. Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith. Mm. You don't That'd spell be a good Aerosmith, A-R-O-W Smith. Somebody spelled it like that? Yes, you don't, you don't do that. Uh, it's A-E-R-O-S-M-I. -A uh -huh. Saving you from embarrassment in the future. <laughs> don't worry, I knew it. Don't worry about the guy on the radio embarrassing <laughs> I'm saving you from embarrassment in the future. Thin, li thin Lizzy. I think it's Thin Lizzy. Yeah, it's right? Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. I know. Thin Lizzy and Queen, Madison Square Garden, 1977. Well, Queen only had, Thin Lizzy only had the one song, right? Boys are back in Boys town. are back, yeah. I had others, but I mean, jailbreak. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Robert Plant. Wow. I didn't even know Robert Plant did solo stuff after Led Zeppelin broke up. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, he did tons of solo stuff. He did. I, uh, I would assume he's he had did albums. Her. He's toured with. Uh, Oh God! I I, can't, I I got I got her name in my head. Uh, Allison Krauss. Yeah, he's toured with Allison Krauss. I'm pretty sure it's her. Uh, then we got Bengal Bangladesh Bangladesh. <laughs> you know what Bangladesh was, right? Uh, nope. All right, nope. George, George Harrison. Okay. Um, know him? Was working with Ravi Shankar. Ravi Shankar was an Indian sitarist, and uh, he was very involved in the cause of politics in Bangladesh. So he calls George Harrison in 1970-ish, and they're trying to figure out how to raise money to feed these starving people in Bangladesh. So George gets the, ver gets the idea to do this massive concert, the very first of its kind. And he calls, you know, George was like this. George just, everybody loved George Harrison. So he picks up the phone and he calls his friends. He calls Bob Dylan. He calls Eric Clapton. He calls Ringo. He calls all these people, Leon Russell, and they all get together with Ravi Shankar. And they put on this massive concert at Madison Square Garden, uh, just like less than a year after the Beatles broke up. <laughs> And he uh, he plays his songs, you know, and everybody played. They weren't sure if Dylan was going to show, and he shows. And it was an incredible concert. And it was the first time that uh, the you know that that these of the of all the mega concerts like Live Aid, mm -hmm. this was like the precursor to Live Aid, where there was a while where bands they were just putting together these like mega bills for all these causes. There was um, the Amnesty concert that took place in the Meadowlands, I think, 1986. There was the Princess Trust concert that would go on every year uh, in England at Wembley. There was a concert for Kampuchea. I mean, everybody had a cause. I mean, now, I don't know where the money ever went that they raised for Bangladesh. Yeah. But they uh, actually had this together. And uh, and it was funny because, uh, you know, it was just shows that goes to show you. How ahead of their time. Another way that the Beatles were that much ahead of their time. 
And our time is pretty much up. <laughs> great, by, great, great job by you. <laughs> should we do this again tomorrow night? We shall. I think we should. Jersey Radio. This has been the Steve Travely Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.